the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, now, wait a second. How many pounds are you dumbbells are you doing? Well, this morning I did two eighty-five pound dumbbells ten times and two seventy-five ten times. And what kind of? I mean, what? What? I just lay down and bench press them. Oh, this way. Lay down and bench press oh, okay. them. Yeah, it's a little right. bit different than regular bench pressing because you got a little more balance to deal yeah, with. Yeah, it takes it uses more muscles. Yeah, and you, you have more, more shoulder rotation, right? Yeah, unless it doesn't tear your shoulders because you're not force them in a certain and less risk of breaking a bunch of ribs if you if you have to drop them yeah if you have to get out from under one you can put them each direction yeah you can just let them go (laughs) so how how far down do you do yours for instance if i'm using dumbbells instead of you know you know regular press bar i bring them way down here i drop them i drop them down pretty close to the bench and then bring them back i'm using heavier weights i just bring my 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 arms level with the floor parallel with the floor my upper arm part i bring it parallel with the floor and push it back up and you know that way you're not toward, overextending toward, so much. The, toward the end i may be cheating a little bit <laughs> you know i don't have yeah. somebody watching me but i i might cheat a little bit toward the end but but uh i've been able to do that for a lot of years using dumbbells and not tearing my shoulder like i've seen other people using barbells so there you go that's that's what my garage looks like wow yeah that's a yeah you got all kinds of gym equipment got that's a nice, nice setup there don't i you yeah that's a nice setup yeah, I, that it was on my it was on yep. my facebook page the other day that's how i start my day off every morning all right out there in that's the, great out there in my own personal gym it's it's one of those it's not real it's not like going to 10 fitness or going over to jake snowden's place you know it's kept spotless and like that not mine <laughs> looks like where a gym rat should be at right Looks kind of ratty around there. I'm going to get some battle ropes, though. I want some battle you're gonna, ropes. You're going to do that? Yeah. That's really a good workout, man. But I, I got to figure out if I got a place that I can put them and get them the full length. I'd be going after one of those wall air conditioning units that hangs on the wall. Don't use it. <laughs> I uh, I go out and work in the morning, and normally the temp, you know, the here the last few weeks, it's, yeah, it's been nice. about anywhere between... 85 to 100 percent humidity but it's been about 75 degrees you get a good sweat going but that's yeah. what it's all about it's yeah, sweating, sweat is probably good for you. you know, it is good for you it's real good for you cleans sort, out sort, your pores sort of like another set of kidneys yeah stuff that we do jan's going to be here all right paul's here and rd is here uh folks that are watching on uh i don't know what is going on here there we go uh know that they're sitting here in the studio uh you who are at home just listening on your radio you're driving around they're sitting here they're on either end of the and the the seat in the middle is open jan's on her way she texts me ran into some traffic and where they're doing all this workout on i-30 uh between benton and hot springs it's a mess okay it's a mess now so she's going to be a little late she's on her way though she'll be here all right. We'll get on her Facebook so we get calls from all over the United States again. 
That's always fun. It's kind of neat. To hear people from all over the country and a lot of people sharing their, their mm-hmm. thoughts. I was having lunch with a, a friend today. He owns a business. Won't say what kind of business because people who <clears> know <throat> me will figure out who I'm talking about, and I don't want that to be out. I, I get really I get kind of touchy about this because this has happened several times to people who own businesses that I know uh, and then come on and show their displeasure with the government here in the state of Arkansas and end up getting attacked uh, by the government. Well, they end up uh, audited, getting audited. <laughs> and we had I had one friend, their, their business was audited five years in a row. Well, I'm, I'm I'm getting close. I think. Have you gotten audited yet? <laughs> oh, so many times they have their own chair in the office. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I I got people. I I talked to this person today, and I said you can come on talk about your business, but I don't want you to say anything about politics. And he, you know, he and it's a guy, and he goes, uh, "Why?" And I I told him. He says, "You're kidding me." And I go. Wish I was. No, you're serious. I'm serious about it. It happens. It happens. And I don't know if the upper... I do know that the higher-ups knew about it a few years back because of the Democrats were in control. But lately that it's happened, I don't know if it's that or it's just people uh, that's, that are Democrats that are still working within the government. Yeah, no comment. Yeah, well, because there's, there's bureaucrats out there that can really make your life miserable. No, yeah, they can, believe me, that that's definitely the, the case. And, but and we need, I think, we probably need a better system to hold those people accountable. Because September, September first week of September, Labor Day, uh, it'll be 19 years I've been here in in Little Rock. Wow. And they kind of know the sting that I've inflicted on them a few times. <laughs> You know, it's when they've been doing some of the stuff that they do that we should. But we're fair be. when the Democrats doing something good and wants to come on the show. Yeah, well, we've to come done on that. The show. I've had yeah, Democrats sure. on my show. Yeah. So here, here, here's the thing, though, Artie. You'll be able to relate to this because you said it before, and that is now that we have a Republican majority, it should be we should be moving towards small business owners in this state being having the the yoke of taxation lifted off of their shoulders some and you said that's not the case and that's what this person was talking to me today said i started my business he says dave i cannot tell you how many taxes are levied against us yeah it's it's not gotten any better and just watch the bottom line look at the state budget uh, and 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 look at the tax taxes that are collected every year. You don't have to you don't have to be a rocket scientist to be able to figure out that where the money comes from. And uh, if the total budget grows every year and the and the tax is collected every year, then everything you else you hear in committee meetings and and from representatives and, and is is just smoke. And insurance is going up and. Uh, I'll say that about Trump, you know. At least he gave us a little more freedom where the IRS is not going to attack people that uh, don't buy insurance insurance for not buying insurance. It's a set. But 
But we have the same crony system going on in insurance, and insurance keeps going up every year. The same crony system's in place where you can't buy across state lines. The insurance company has to come to the government in order to sell, and they're told what they can sell and what they can't yeah, sell. Yeah, see, that's not, and that's not the problem by state government. That's a problem with federal government. That's exactly right. Because they're the ones that have to make that change. That's exactly right. The state... That that's a, they have to make the change, but uh, the state has wrecked their budget on trying to provide free health insurance for between two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand people, uh, and the percentage that the federal government lured us in with it cost you nothing from the state side, and our percentages is going up, and uh, and the reason we don't have money to pave roads, I believe, and reason we're having to raise taxes all the time is because they're not willing to give up that Obama program. Well, I had um, State Senator Kim Hammer on last week and was talking to him, and he suggested something that I had heard from Eddie Joe several times. I mean, you knew Eddie Joe well enough that he said many times there were cuts and there were savings within state government that could be made that uh, we could get rid of the state income tax. Well, now, now the state senator Hammer said he didn't go that far because that's about five hundred million dollars. Okay, and I heard uh, Hammer basically say there's there's two hundred million out there, well, and I think that they're getting ready. Some well, of them are getting ready to uh, push that. Well, we've well, got three hundred right now. We've got nearly three hundred million that's available to cut taxes with if they'll do it. Well, I, if you look at it, that's what Eddie Joe was saying, and and you're the one that mentioned his name. That's what the Republicans were saying when the Democrats were in charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, when they got in charge, now they were saying that when the Democrats were in charge. So when the Republicans got in charge, we hasn't seen the cut yet. And what the governor is doing, as far as putting together a larger group of people to oversee the different departments where he's saying he has less people to talk to, that is only adding another layer of government because they already have liaisons that go out to the departments. So, But we'll wait and see that. I hope that creating another level of government and hiring more people and paying them more will make government more efficient. I We'll I see. hope it will, but we'll see. But, but we'll, we'll see. But we've just heard heard that the the state government has a a surplus of just about three hundred million dollars, two hundred ninety five point four million dollars. I think is what it is. Now, that's that's an opportunity to take a serious cut. Well, you, to, you to our taxes. want to have some money set aside, for instance, when you find out all of a sudden it's going to take a hundred million dollars, perhaps, to repair the levees that because of people not doing their jobs, uh, failing. That one that failed in Conway, the one that failed, uh, what was that one up in my Clarksville? Is that where that uh, was at? Moralton. In Moralton. Moralton. Okay. Okay. Here, here's the key. The key is people are have not been doing their jobs. For instance, State Senator Rapert has been trying to get this taken care of and it's like people don't get off their butts and take care of it. That's county judges, folks. That they're the ones that are supposed to be checking that stuff out. I'm not sure who that who's taking care of that stuff right now. And it's the judges. Is That's it, who it, it is. is it, yeah. As far as in Lono County, in in a lot of the counties, 
as far as far that I know as I know of, uh, the the county road department has been fairly well funded in in, in the counties that I know of. Now Father other County's areas the of the ca- other areas of the county have not been funding that well, and they haven't they the, they haven't cut anything, which I tried. But uh, the county road departments are getting a portion of that half percent road yes, tax it was supposed to run. But it should be like it was like what tw- was it ten percent to the counties, ten percent to the cities, so it's twenty percent overall. Right. So right now our county and and I'm not complaining, but we have a a, a, a I would say a, a frugal county judge in the road department side as far as spending the money on on the roads, but we have. A growing fund like ten to thirteen million dollars, so it's somewhere around twelve million dollars that are in, that is in the road fund, you know. And and I guess you need some reserve if you have a disaster or a tornado so. or, or something like that. But uh, the county road departments, I believe, are well funded in every experience that I know well, because county, of that half cent sales tax. I think Faulkner County's got the same situation. They're pretty well funded in the road department. Now there's some other agencies that think they need more money. I'm not sure if that's true. Is it not true that over in Faulkner County, uh, road tax money has found its way into other areas where it shouldn't uh, they were, be? They were talking about doing that. I don't know if that's happened yet. I think they that were talking about against the law. Yes, it is against about, the law. Um, <laughs> About restructuring some of that. Um, well, I think I like that the word restructuring. Hey, I like the word reform better. Reform, okay. Yeah, we're going to reform, <laughs> yeah, gonna reform that. And, and so they were talking about um, restructuring some of that funding mechanism to, to maybe send more of it to the sheriff's office or something. I'm not. And there, there's a debate whether or not the sheriff's department needs more money. I mean, they have um, per population they have far fewer officers than say the population of. Conway. However, we also have far lower crime, if I understand it right. And so, so when you look at the crime rates, I think the county actually has less crime per officer than the city of Conway. Yeah, when you've got eight hundred to a thousand miles of road to cover, though, and you've only got two or three police officers in Lono County, sometimes they can have three police officers on duty to, co- on duty right. to cover eight hundred miles of road. And it's not so much the amount of crime. But it's the area you have to cover right. to get the crime. You need the county broke up in districts, and you need someone that's able to get to someone in a matter of emergency in at least 15 minutes. So cities have been very good at passing higher sales taxes. Cities know how to run special elections when everybody else is at work. I don't think yeah. there is there any place in the state city-wise that has uh, under 9% now? I don't know. I think everybody's I, I nine to nine point seven now. I don't know. I'm That's, waiting for. Has anybody broke ten yet? I'm not sure. So I think Conway may be close well, to Pine Bluff. Is pretty with, high. I think Pine Bluff. We'd have to check. Pine Bluff is high. I deliver in Pine Bluff, and it's Con- it's a lot higher than yeah. it is anywhere in this area. Conway right now, if you go to a restaurant, I think it's about twelve percent. They got one. How they have? They got one hamburger taxes yeah. on there. Trying yeah, to so keep it's, everybody. It's, it's just hamburger yeah. tax. It's just too, about twelve okay. percent, I think, right now, which is frustrating. I was down in Florida few weeks ago and you know i, I kind of pay attention to sales taxes i stop at restaurants and stuff and one of them i stopped at it was only six percent or six and a quarter wow that's great like that, compared to compared to 9.6 is yes. what i well, typically see anymore people in arkansas they like their swimming pools you know they like their bicycle trails they baseball like their fields. baseball fields and soccer fields Someone and else stuff pay like for them, that. Of course, right. government subsidized because a government baseball field is so much better than a private one, right? That's right. 
It's free. Yeah. It's free. Right. Stolen, right. stolen, <laughs> stolen water is sweet. Yeah. We'll be back with more. We've got to take a break. Jan Morgan is on her way. Paul Calvert's here. R.D. Hopper's here. We're just sitting here just shooting the bull. All right, basically shooting the bull. And this kind of stuff we talk about, if we went out and had dinner together, we'd sit and talk about this stuff. And, uh, that's in, and yeah, we very seldom talk about different stuff than what we talk about here on the air. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay by. we got more coming your way. Okay, so State uh, Senator Trent Garner, you who are friends of his, uh, he posted that he is it Peyton again. Yeah, he and yeah, Peyton, Peyton. Okay, were um, working on a bill to raise the exemption from four thousand dollars. Okay, now hold on. Actually, Look. John Peyton did that a long time ago. He tried, he tried. to do that in the last legislative well, session. Well, yeah, yeah. But no, but not this big. This is the key. Again. They're, they're doing it right this time. Peyton made the mistake that he started late. You cannot start late to he, push he something that, push real hard that you know no. that maybe the powers that be don't want to see happen. you got to get the people behind you, and you got to start getting it out there so they know it's there. Now, Peyton wanted to take it to, what, 4000 right? No, he wanted to take it from 4000 up to 7500 Okay, 7500 Now they want to take it all to the way 10, to ten grand. 10, Here's 000. a better idea. Why don't we just eliminate, eliminate it completely? I Why like don't we eliminate the too. sales tax on used cars completely? Absolutely. Because, hey, after we, all, we've already paid a sales tax on the mm-hmm. car when it was purchased new. I agree. Hey, I know, John. I'm going to call him and ask him if I can add used parts on that as far as to, go, to go along with it. You should. Uh, my people come in and buy a transmission off of a, out of a wreck car that's used and they say i have to pay tax on that yeah, yeah and i'll say yes yeah, if you bought, pay if tax bought the whole car it wouldn't have tax wouldn't have had tax on well it. as long as it's under the threshold yeah i pay i'm a dealer but yeah i pay more than four thousand dollars for a lot of my totaled out cars that right. I buy. you know this is a no-brainer this should have gotten out of committee when john no Payton brought it up because republicans are in control of the committee and republicans are in control of our state government and and this is this is a no-brainer people who buy used cars are buying used cars not because they can't afford they a new one, to, but because they can't afford it. <laughs> and when you talk about a you know a six to seven thousand dollar car, the sales tax on that could mean the difference for a person who cannot afford to buy a new car. Right. It could mean the difference between being on foot and having transportation. It might. It might. And the thing is, though, it also it also reduces the value of um, used cars because you know mm-hmm. if you look at you know if I'm looking at buying a thirty thousand dollar car that's used. Mm-hmm. There's a big chunk of sales tax in that. Yes, there is. And I tell you enough. When I was running for Senate, just real quick, when I was running for Senate, I sat down at the table with somebody at a restaurant one time and said, basically, you know, if I was elected senator, what what would I be able to do for you? And he told me that he had three kids in college and that he had bought a used car for his wife in the last two years and three used cars for his kids. Right. And the taxes on those cars was was making it to where he could not afford to buy a decent car, a decent car for his kids in college. So I said, so that's one thing I put on my box to do that. And John Payton has been, has been working on that because that helps the people that needs it the most. Well, and and it the, doesn't cost the st- state that much. Well, the thing is that one of the things that, that helps people to, to buy and sell and trade is that if the transaction cost is low. And so if the transaction cost is low, I'm more than I'm more likely to go and buy something and say, you know, I might use this for a few months and sell it because I want it right now, but you know, I may not want it or maybe it's a kind of a good deal, but I don't want to give the government two thousand dollars. Yeah, well 
I'm not going to hold my breath on anything else, but uh, yeah. but I'm glad John's. I'm glad John's yeah, doing and, that. So and, I, su- and I suggested you go ahead and call a, call a special session and get it done right now. Oh yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. No, we should have gotten it done last session. Should have happened last session. Yes, it should have. But That's easy, easy, easy breezy. I did get an easy peasy. That's right. I did get an update. We got thirty seconds. Yes, I, I did get an update. Uh, one of my friends, Steve, an insurance uh, appraiser, said that tax now is in Pine Bluff is ten point five. Wow. And, and Bright just passed the tax, and theirs just went up to 9.875 in Bright. Wow, they're, they're edging up on 10%. Wow. Amazing. All right, we got to get a break in. Jan Morgan is here. That was that female voice that you heard. Yes, sir. Yes. All right, she'll be back with us as will R.D. and Paul when we come back from the news. I guess my biggest concern on taxes that I've been seeing happening with the Republicans, because here in our state, because we know that people are joining us with Jan's Facebook, so right. from all over the United States are from joining us. From all over the us. world, And actually. so they can tell us what's going on in their particular states. But, uh, you know, this whole thing that the Republicans have been doing since Bush Sr. is if you're going to lower taxes in one place— you got to raise taxes somewhere else because they have to equal out. Make it revenue neutral. And it's a way for them to be able to say when they campaign for office that, hey, I lower taxes by this many hundreds of millions of dollars. But they don't tell the people that they raise taxes by hundreds of millions more in another area. And when you do that, it's it's disingenuous to the people. It's actually lying to Revenue the went up and the budget and, went up. And it's, and it's government just growing government and playing shell games. And the people deserve better than that. And they know that the American people are busy. People are out there doing their jobs, getting their kids to soccer practice after school or dance class and they don't have time to sit there and glue themselves to the internet and read up and find out what's really happening so they they choose to believe what their politicians are telling them and the politicians know this well but here's it's, they, it's, they it's, tell it's you. unethical They'll, they tell you but people don't understand the term the term is revenue neutral don't believe it it sounds good and it is revenue neutral yeah, the government's revenue tried, at your expense. Yeah, it's the revenue coming into the governor, or the government, government. stays neutral. Yes. Mm-hmm. It stays the same. Sort yeah, of. but it always grows. They say it's going to be neutral, but just like the, the military retirement tax, they killed one and added three more that they knew were going to grow. But But real quick in that department, in the business world, and in government world, the largest expense by far labor. Are in, is labor and in employees. So if you see anybody from the government that is going to combine two departments or anybody is going to combine two businesses, then they are going to take duplicate work and people go home if it's going to you be should. more efficient. If, you but should. if you combine different departments or different agencies and people don't go home, you did not save anything. Okay. No. Here we go. We got uh, Mark. Mark is in Portland. Wave in on this because right now liberalism, socialism supports terrorism, okay? It's not fuzzy math here, folks. It's not fuzzy math. That's exactly what we have here. We have a government who actually is Congress within the power or abusing power, and we need to get subpoena issued out to these people like 
Andrea Gonzalez, Gestapo Cortez, and Nancy do nothing. Pelosi needs to be out of office. Get these people out of here who are obstructing justice, who do not follow the Constitution. That's exactly what Senator Ted Cruz talked about this morning with Fox and Friends. Anybody saw that? Because you know, right now, with Twitter, Google, and Facebook, you can talk about social media. Well, guess what? You cannot watch. Um, these conservative YouTube videos without going to porn sites. It's unbelievable. You have to describe these porn channels on YouTube to actually go to watch conservatives. Well, catch your channels. breath, Mark. Catch it's your breath. Ridiculous. Just breathe. It's ridiculous. and Breathe and, in. And it's called censorship. Breathe out. It's called censorship of the worst kind. And it's unconstitutional. And because in the violation of FCC law, as well as um, it's not a violation of FCC as, law. Um, what's the other word I'm looking for? Um, Why don't you take um, a breath and then you'll remember the word. <laughs> you, you, Mark, you, you, have a, you have a lot of things right. You have a few things sure wrong. Yeah. All right. One of the things you got wrong is that somehow uh, the FCC needs to get involved in this, and I don't mm-hmm. believe that is necessary. Uh, I, it worries me when I see the Democrats in the House – looking at how they can control the tech companies. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you got to understand something. If, if your side controls them, let's say we pass laws that allows us to control them, sooner or later we will not be in charge. The other side will. Then they'll be in charge of what you can do to tech we companies. We don't want to lose you freedom You don't anyway. want that to happen. That's right. right. And the thing, the thing is that sometimes what we do is we say, well, the government's violating me here. And it's not fair that they're violating me, so let's go violate these other people so it's fair. That's not the way we fix but it. But in Mark's defense, I think and that he had a good point. When he goes on to YouTube or when he's trying to look something up on the Internet, you know, all of a sudden here comes this barrage of pornography. All right, you should be able to control what comes into your home, though. You should be able to get on that. your Internet, get on I, your computer. If you don't want to have to worry about your kids getting on the computer without them seeing something they don't need to see, uh, then you shouldn't have to worry about that. I think you should what, be able to control I, the input what comes into your home and on your phone they tried to they tried to control that back in the day when they tried to do a dot sex Hmm. site i think what he was talking about was that some of these videos are being blocked on youtube Mm -hmm. and so the people are actually having to to post them on porn sites because the porn sites won't kick them off i think that might have been what the guy was saying oh okay well but but i had a valid point too well well, i I think i think i think that's 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 a fair point as well because a lot of times there's there's advertisements that are pretty racy and and um, when you're sitting at home and you're trying to watch tv with your kids right with your your six-year-old and and the commercials are coming on of somebody erectile dysfunction yeah you you uh, explain what what, and and that's and that's a mild one compared to a lot of them probably you're right it's true i mean at least they keep their clothes on for those can i say that on your show dave what Never mind. Have you already did. What, erectile dysfunction? <laughs> lump, lump noodle well, because, disease? Of course you can. Because we, have, we were talking about, you know, you're trying to watch TV with your family. Right. And these days you can't even do that from worrying about the commercials. That's a pretty mild one compared to a lot of them. Right. We just yeah. have to remember on all these things, whether it be President's tweet and now what the Democrats will probably try to to uh, outlaw the president tweeting right now so they can control. But let's just remember whichever side it is. Freedom is good, and the government is not the answer. Isn't okay. President Trump genius? <laughs> he knows very well what he does. When he goes on a tweet, he knows before he puts it out there that it's going to stir up all kinds of crap. Do you think he doesn't know what he's doing? Of course he does. It, and, and their response is exactly what he wants them to do. They fall for the for the bait every single time. I could sit here for the next 20 minutes and tell you exactly <laughs> 
<laughs> what he's trying to do yes. with this last tweet mm-hmm. that he put forth. He's drawing. He he's trying to make and the Democrats those, those few Democrats like Ocasio and the two other women that are they're just insane. Omar, yes, Omar and whatever her name is. Uh, but he's trying to make them the face of the Democrat that's Party. That's exactly. He's trying to make them the face that's of what, the party. That's what and they Nancy were Pelosi's saying before going in. nuts because she doesn't want that to be because she knows that is not electable. Trump knows it. Yeah, that, and that's, that is. That's what Dave was saying before you got here. It's yeah. just kind of funny because it's, I I think strategically. If you can make or uh, Cortez AOC, if you can make AOC the face of the Democrat Party, they lose. Big. They, they, they lose, lose insanely, yeah. and, and I think it's. I think the Democrats probably already kind of know. Donald Trump lose. is a marketing genius. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, and, and I hate to say this. I hate to say this, but I watched the debate on the Fourth of July, uh-huh. and there are uh, at least two of the people that were on the debate. That were business people mm-hmm. that had some common sense, right? Now, uh, I might not agree but with them on everything. Treated them right. like they were stupid, they, yeah, like they were crazy. Yeah, but there were two candidates there that had been in the business world and been in the real world, mm-hmm. and and you know understood freedom and understood uh, free market. But those two guys got they got hammered. Yeah, they did. So let's. Right. You mentioned big tech. What about this whole Google thing in China? That is kind of scary. But I, I understand we can't. And shouldn't control them, but at the same time, it's an American company that is coddling yeah. a foreign government that is hostile toward us. It, well, not only coddling them, but helping them keep their thumb on their own people. Mm-hmm. They're they're working and, with and China maybe thumb on for our censorship. People. Our people, you know, that's what they're yes. doing. They are. Uh, Ken Yang uh, sent us a text talking about the uh, used car tax. Yes. Right. And he said, hey, we were told on the Senate end, revenue and taxation, it would break the bank. Uh, the budget couldn't handle a $12 million hit. Oh, but wow. we've got $295 and, and, and Terry million Rice dollar surplus? Are you Senate kidding me? End. Are you kidding me? Thank you, Terry Rice, but yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, we have a $300 million surplus, and we can't give the poorest people in Arkansas a $12 million break. Yeah. But you, but you got to understand... The, the governor made it clear that we don't it has have to be a, revenue neutral. The governor made it clear that we don't have a spending problem in Arkansas. Revenue we neutral. have we have a revenue problem. That's the that, name. That's what they call right. it. It's right. revenue neutral. It, it's well, they're revenue. solving that problem very quickly. Well, yeah, but I think we need to <laughs> redefine what, what our problems are. We need to re-identify that we don't have a revenue problem. We've got plenty of money coming in. We've got a serious spending problem. And the fact is that when the governor comes out and says that we need basically coming out and says that we and saying that we need more money, he's just wrong. Emmanuel Hockdy on my Facebook page right now says, booing, I'm booing the Democrats and their socialist liars. I live in France. This is a communist country. Poor example for the world. Keep America great, please. There Thank you, go. you. That's mm-hmm. awesome. They live yeah. under socialism. Well, you know, I've told you before, uh, there oh, are a wait, lot of people wait, from other countries. Democratic, democratic socialism. socialism yeah. <laughs> because democratic socialism There are a lot of followers from other countries so on my sense. social media page, and the reason they're there is they're watching America. They're saying, you are the last vestige of freedom in the world, and if America falls to socialism, the world is lost. Uh, you know, they're cheering us on. President Trump is very famous in a lot of other countries <laughs> in, in a very good way, even though they, the, the media only shows you the people that protest him. There are lots of people Those around people the world are. who love him. Interesting. Uh, democratic socialism with, over socialism. What's the difference? Democratic socialism is is moronic. The notion that people are so stupid they can't be trusted to run to to run their own lives. So therefore, we should give them the right to vote mm-hmm. to run the whole government and run everybody else's lives. That's moronic. Right. How, how how does how do people actually 
think that they that they're in some, in some way more than more intelligent than, than everybody else because oh we're 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 advanced we're going to have democratic socialism because we think the population is too stupid to run their own lives mm-hmm. so they're going to run, let them run everybody else the democrat position in general is let the government control the, the the country let the government handle all the problems let us be in charge of everything the republican mantra is more money more freedom in the hands of the people that's the republican party platform and if people truly want freedom to continue and free market enterprise and capitalism to succeed we need to vote republican and if we lose in 2020 america's lost I, did you hear dan bongino the other night on fox he said so. we've lost an entire generation the millennials uh and it, we've got to get them back number one but number two he said america is lost if we don't win 2020 america is lost the democrats get back in well, control. Look, at what I, I, what they're, look at the chaos they're able to, uh, to create just by being in control of the house i think the toilet bowl i think the, the water's swirling in the toilet bowl now well, you know, we said that every election has ever been, and you look, we had we we just had two terms of Barack Obama, uh, mm-hmm. and we've said that every election we've ever been. Yes, we don't want it, but the problem is, is once a government program starts, we can't kill it. So every time the Democrats get in there and add more programs and, and more businesses living off the taxpayers. We don't have the Republicans that are willing to stop the program. We can't back it up. James Clifton says Democrats are dangerous, period. We've got to keep Republicans in office. Uh, Randy Mitchell says that's why I voted for President Trump and why I will vote for him again in 2020. I'm on the Trump train. The thing is, you know, there are a lot of people that think Trump has it sewn up. And you cannot not show up to vote. No, you, I know there are a lot of gun people in America that are mad at him. Listen, folks. The ballot. He, he, he. President Trump is not 100% right 100% of the time. Sometimes he nope. gets bad advice, okay? Yep. But, Nobody's but, right 100%. But overall, if you look at his overall record, what he has done for America is incredible. And we have to keep him in there another four years. Um, if we don't, we are in trouble. But to the gun people out there, and I know there are a lot of gun owners in America who are mad at him because of some of the things he said. And, and I agree. I understand. I was angry with him, too. And I still am about those posts. And I... I spoke out against his position on this post. However, what is the other alternative? In in the real world, I mean, not like eight or ten-year-olds or kids, mm-hmm. in the real world, sometimes you have to make the best decision that you can make with when you, you don't like what with. you have to work with. Right. It may not be ideal, but you have to take the best of your choices. Okay, let's take a call, then we got to take a break. Mason is with us. Mason, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Doing well, Dave. How about you and Jan? Good to hear from you. We're doing good, and say we're doing well with R.D. and with uh, Paul here, too, all four of us. Uh, thank you. Uh, I moved from Arkansas about almost uh, 14 and a half years ago uh, down here to Florida, and we were talking about the used car tax back when I was moving. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And now you have no state income tax. Sat down and discussed it, and I was. We were. He says, Mason, how in the heck does this something like this happen? And and I told him, I said, it's because we're out here working and don't have enough time to go ahead and get active. So Mm -hmm. you're exactly right, Mason. And now you have no state income tax when you're in Florida. We we still have a state income tax in Arkansas. (laughs) Working really hard to get that. 
uh, eventually eliminated. But, yeah, a lot of people are moving to Florida. Tennessee, we're surrounded by states that have no state income tax, and it's killing us. There are ways to go ahead and get it through. I agree with you, you, Mason. Thank you for your call. Thank you, I Mason. i got to move on because i got to get a break in. Don't forget about Applied Research Center of Arkansas. They have a full-service walk-in clinic. They'll do your school physicals for you. All you have to do is give them a call, 501-954-7822, or go online to find out everything that they have to offer at arcarkansas.com. That's arcarkansas.com. They've got a lot of current studies going on from low testosterone all the way up to bunions. I mean, they cover it all. And if you get in one of these studies, uh, you'll get the medication free and you will get compensated as well. 501-954-7822, ARCArkansas.com. That's Applied Research Center of Arkansas. All right, back with you. Let's go to California. Tim is with us. And uh, hey, Ke- uh, Tim, how'd you do during that last shake that you had in California? Oh, well, we survived. It wasn't anything too bad here in Makersfield, or as I like to refer to it, Venezuela too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Tim. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I love Trump's tweets. I have a lot of friends that think he overdoes it and he shouldn't be doing it and it's non-presidential and la, 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 la. But I just like the way he's keeping everybody stimulated and keeping the Democrats or socialists uh, off balance. No, it's true. <laughs> Is there any truth to the to to what I'm hearing that a number of uh, people in, in counties and cities in, in California are wanting to uh, push Los Angeles and Hollywood just secede from those two areas and just have your own separate state? called cal exit there you go <laughs> so so and, is, that, is uh, there anything is that thing is that building at all well it's never going to happen hmm. because people in california especially the conservatives are so laid back that they don't do anything well they're either laid back they or they're just, bailing they're coming here yeah yeah well they're 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 leaving so are you going to uh, stick california it out by the droves are you going to Did stick what? it out? Are you going to stick it out? You're going to stay there? I have no choice. I have no choice. Uh, uh, I, you know, I don't have any savings or money anymore to get out, and so I'm stuck here with my wife. We can't, we can't even get out. So, you know, there are just some of us that are stuck here, and some of us who really want to get out but can't. And I know a lot of people from my church who have left California. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of them. Yeah, we can't make them here. Right, they're coming down here, and we hope they don't bring their liberal ideas. (laughs) So socialism is not working that well in California? Well, see, none of these people that are leaving are liberals. Okay, so are they, tell me this, are the illegal immigrants destroying your state? Well, they're all over, and there's nothing that can be done about it, because, you know, Bakersfield is a sanctuary city, so we just have to put up with it. Okay, so you live out by Bakersfield, then? I live in Bakersfield. In Bakersfield. All right. I heard that down in the southern part of the state, in San Diego and areas like that, that the influx of illegals into California over the last 25, 30 years destroyed your all's uh, emergency rooms at your hospitals. Is that true? 
I don't I don't know about that. It's just that uh, you know we've got eight hour waits in the emergency room. I had to take my wife in one time, and she fell, and uh, we were both pretty much in age. And uh, it took eight hours for a doctor to see her. She sat in the hallway for eight hours. Wow. All so, right. Well, Tim, it's just, I'll tell you what. Nail everything down. Screw your chairs to the floor so they don't move when the next shake comes. We appreciate you calling in today here uh, to Dave Ellswick show here in Arkansas. If you want to be part of the show, 501-823-0965. If you're watching on my Facebook page, that number is on the bottom of the page now. Just call that number. You can be part of it. Uh, Kerry Rodriguez says, uh, Trump keeps the media busy and distracted while he gets the real work done. I love how he trolls. Yep. And he knows exactly uh, Maria, what he's doing. Maria Turner says hi to you, Artie. Hi to hi. you, Jan. Hi to you, Paul. <laughs> and then hi to me. Thank you, Maria. Thank you. Maria Turner's a Thank patriot. Maria. You will somebody, see her often somebody, at State Capitol. Somebody likes us. Yeah, she, she does. <laughs> Maria is a very sweet lady. She is one of our state leaders of 2A women in Arkansas. And she, that lady is at the State Capitol as often as she can be, fighting for conservative values. Uh, she's amazing. And Reggie, thanks for joining us today. And we see that you're present as well. I would be remiss if I didn't mention your name. All right. He's, he's a buddy. He's a friend. And there's of Wayne. What are you throwing at me, hey. Wayne? Well, Wayne. you know, the gentleman calling in well, from California. Beer, man. The gentleman calling in from California goes to show that you can't group everyone together in a group. You yeah. can't say everyone in California right. is a, a squirrel or a fruitcake. No, I think well, there's you're right. a lot of conservatives in California. Yeah, that's but, right. but the population Fruits, in the LA <laughs> it, it, it decides the vote and decides the type of government that all of them have to live under there. And it's unfortunate because there are a lot of conservatives that live out there. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, I think, I think that is a, a, one yeah. of the frustrations with some of the people in California. Mm-hmm is that they're being um, steamrolled mm-hmm. by the thugs. Ten the seconds. Yeah. Are you, you done, Paul? Up, I'm done. I'm You're finished. Right. Stick a fork in me. Jan's done. Jan's getting on her root beer, getting some root beer done over there. A, a dumb pop. All right. Come on back and join us. We'll be back in five minutes. we got to get some news in for you. We'll be back. It's Dave Ellswick Show. Paul's here. Jan's here. RD's here. You're here. And uh, if you're not, call somebody and tell them that they should be here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so Seth McFarlane, who uh, does Family Guy and other things on television and did Spawn on big screen and that kind of stuff, was reacted to the Hollywood elite out uh, in Tinseltown and how they went off on on the president's tweet. I mean, they just went crazy, meathead and all the rest of Mm -hmm. them. And he said this. He said, you guys are falling for the same old trick. trick. We've seen this all before. He's, He's, being the president, using the oldest trick in the book. He sees our unrest among Democrats, so he's stirring the pot and throwing gas on fire. (laughs) It's purely in the interest of igniting chaos, and all too often... We fall for it. Well, he like thro- now. I think he throws a match. <laughs> I think he throws a match on the on the Democrat Party, and the Democrats throw gas on it. You know what? I I look forward to. I mean, you could not pull me away from the television set when he debates the Democrat candidate for for president. I, I just I can't wait. It's going to be, you know, popcorn, Coke, moment. Got to 
just sit there. It, it'll be interesting. Especially depending on who it is. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if, Regardless. If it's, if it's Biden, it's, it's Biden, not going to be fun. It's, gonna be, it's no, probably it's not. Be I, think, a, I, think, I think Dave's right. If it's Biden, I don't think it's going to no. be very much fun. But, but if it's, gosh, if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's Warren, if it's one of these, or Kamala, be, if it, yeah, if it's, it's going to be really If it's one of these hard, hardcore um, in the ditch left wing yeah. nut jobs, then it's it might be fun to watch. It's not going to be one of those. That's one thing about having these left wing nut jobs on there is when they actually come down to the candidate that they're going to go with, they're going to try to make them look more neutral. It's like we didn't pick one of these. Uh, Maybe, but but I, I think deal. I think it's possible that the Democrat, the the kind of the movers and shakers and the and the string pullers in the Democrat Party may very well let one of these kind of hotheads run this one time and let them kind of get it out of their system and maybe they'll see that when they only got twenty percent of the vote that um, maybe it'll it'll send those guys back in their caves. Well, I hope you're right, but it would be a very expensive to, uh, process. There's too much at stake for the Democrats. Maybe so, right but I, I think they may be already figure that Trump's got this one wrapped up. Let's go, to, right. let's go to Texarkana, and Shivik, I think is the name, joins us. How are you today? Did I say that right? Good. Yes, sir, you did. Okay, good. What's up? Well, I just had a question, and I know Jan Morgan. I was just going to say, um, what I don't understand is why U.S. citizens that are felons you know, cannot vote even after they've done their time, served in the eye of the government, but illegals will be able to vote. And uh, I really think that we need to help our U.S. citizens before we can help other countries. I agree 100%. I agree more. What your input would. Well, well it's not I don't only think, on that issue. I don't it's... think either should be able to vote. How's that for you? <laughs> for the rest of their yeah, lives, Dave? I, I think if you if you you committed a crime that you knew was going to be a felony, you should have been smart enough not to commit the crime that would take away your right to vote. Yeah, but what about people who make a mistake in their early 20s when they're really not mature well, and they write some hot checks and, and some then they of those become things a shouldn't felon? Be, shouldn't be felonies. You're, so that, you're that's, right. that's part that, of the issue, of I think, is that some of these things that are, that are felonies, they shouldn't be felonies. And then some of these things that people are committing, they shouldn't keep breathing. But what about, what about they, the they right should, to keep and bear arms? And, know, that's, it, and, that's, and that's my thing, is that you know if, if, if someone is safe enough to be out in public free... Mm-hmm. I think they should have the right to keep and bear arms. Yeah, if you, if, you, if, we, time, if someone's if such an evil, wicked time, person, right. we can't trust them right. with guns. Why are they still taking up good air? I I agree one hundred percent. Well, we had the caller call in from the East Coast last week. I ble- I can't remember. It seemed like it was in the Carolina somewhere that was an uh, immigrant. But he got his papers. He did it right. He started mm-hmm. a business. Yeah, North Carolina. It's North Carolina. You know, he got his own private insurance. The insurance got so high because of of the cronyism in the insurance business that he couldn't afford it. He got on an Obamacare plan. Mm-hmm. Now the man needs a surgery and cannot get the surgery because none of the hospitals in his area takes the plan that he's on, so he can't get a surgery. But a representative told him that if he was a illegal immigrant still, that he'd be able to get the surgery no problem. So, and that's true. I mean, that is the true. government too often incentivizes and rewards bad behavior, criminal behavior. Right. If you are here in America and you did not come here legally, that is, in my view, criminal behavior. I agree. You violated well, the law. I agree. Why would I want you as a citizen in my country if your first move is to break the law? 
Well, and you know, we we also reward we we reward people who are not U.S. citizens by giving them. You know, we were talking about last week. The city of Fayetteville had just passed a very controversial uh, city ordinance where they would allow people who were who were not U.S. citizens, but they were here legally, but not U.S. citizens, could actually be appointed to commissions and, and councils, advisory boards, yeah, advisory things. boards, and that sort of thing. It, you know, who it, which makes laws that govern over U.S. citizens. And, and to me, if you're not a U.S. citizen, you shouldn't be in any position to make any decisions regarding the lives of United States citizens. At least, it, or spend their money. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Alberta, Canada. Wow. What do you think, guys? You want to go? Let's, let's go. go. Here's wow. Floyd. Floyd, how are you? Hey, not too bad. Jan, first I want to say I follow you on Facebook. I follow you everywhere. I think you should run for president. Uh, <laughs> not happening, <laughs> well, but thank you. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to uh, to agree with you guys completely because we up here in Alberta, Canada, are running into the same problem with these liberals. Mm-hmm. They've gone so bloody far left that they're they're trying to change our, our government rules so that the, the illegals can vote for these people that are in power to keep yep. in power. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, and it's 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 a it's a crying shame. And you know, when Trump said, you know, if you don't like it, leave. I got the same mentality. I wish we had somebody in in, in Canada with that mentality that would say, you know what, this is our country. This is how we live. These are our rules. You either abide by them or pack your stuff up and don't let the the, the door hit you on, on the backside on your way out. I'd use the other word, but that's on the radio, so we'll keep it clean. All right. Well, let me ask you this real quickly. Do I have one, do I have one more second? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, how, do the, how do the people generally in Canada feel about President Trump? Um, I would say about, from my, from, from especially in Western Canada, Okay. we look at President Trump as a from what I've experienced, as a good leader for the United States. Mm-hmm. He's do- well, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me explain. He's doing for the United States what he feels best for the United States. He's not... That's what he's, he's not, supposed to do. He's not bending to Canada. He's not bending to the UN. He's not, and that, precisely. Thank you. Thank you. He's the president of the United States. That's what he's, his number one thing he's supposed to do, take care of the United States. You guys all know this name, Justin Trudeau. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, guess what? He is a liberal liberal. I mean, he's given so much cash to every other bloody country on this planet. But then our veterans come to him and say, listen, you need to do more. He says, well, we can't help you anymore right now. We can't afford to. Mm-hmm. Well, if you'd stop giving our country away, and if you'd stop giving our money away, and you'd stop, start taking care of the people that are in your country instead of sending out tweets that, you know what, anybody from the States that don't want to be there and, and are afraid to, you know, afraid of being deported come to Canada, and they've been coming across the border ever since. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we know what that's like. We we had a, we had yeah. President Obama, and that was his mentality. Apologize oh, to yeah, the world right and give everybody uh, you know, our money. Yeah. yeah. He was, he was, he was, uh, uh, he, he caused ISIS. He caused uh, BLM. He caused the attack on your police force. He, he put the, the white, you know, the, the divisiveness between cultures. That's, that's what he did. And Trump's removing that. But right now, this is what we have. We have ourselves in Obama in Alberta, in Canada. Well, I'm impressed that you, you knew all those things about our country and that you were paying that close oh, of attention. You would have no. Jam, since I started following you on on Facebook and stuff, with the you know we don't have the gun laws that you guys have, and and well, you need to move to America. 
Change, change, change. Yeah, come on. Come on, we got room <laughs> down here. I should come down illegally and then I'll get everything for yeah. free. <laughs> you get everything, yeah, Floyd. Get everything. You do it that way. Can, can we appreciate Floyd's, your call, man. Can, can we trade him for one of the, um, uh, some attorney or something? Some attorney. <laughs> All right. Floyd needs to stay in Canada and you know, fight we, for his rights in Canada. We've That's had a what number of Canadians come to, to my yeah. gun range. So there's a group oh. that comes, they come every year and they brought me a bunch of uh, souvenirs from Canada. But yeah, the folks there are, they, they, they don't have gun rights. And so no, when they, they come don't. to America, they really enjoy, you know, doing firearms-related activities. The only time they can have a gun is when they are officially going on a hunt and officially on their way to a range for some sort of program. But they don't get to just carry. So if it wasn't for the United States, someone might attack them. It's true. Right. Let's go to Patricia. Patricia is up in Eureka Springs. All right. Hello, Patricia. How are things in, in uh, Eureka Springs today? They're beautiful. People, I've been to the lake today and just enjoying this beautiful weather. Do me a favor. If you get a chance, get up on the hill there up uh, amongst the businesses and stop in that place where they sell all the hot stuff and tell them I said hi. Well, I sure will. I have a ranch out here. I'm right next to uh, Riverview Cabins and Canoes. Okay. Wow. We know beautiful which place. Uh, yeah, I have a horse ranch out here and... Uh, I lost my husband in 2006, but, you know, life goes on after that, too. And uh, But I want to say something. Um, I'm real Trump-strong, and I like Trump because he is just down-to-earth. And, yeah, he is a businessman, and he talks business ways, and a lot of people don't like his mouth, but he gets us going. He's a New Yorker, people. That's the big thing folks don't understand. He is a New Yorker through and through. Yeah, and you know, believe it or not, I'm from Texas, and my boyfriend, he's from California, and he told me he moved 15 years ago away from California, and everybody followed him, and he (laughs) lives in Salem Springs. Okay. But, uh, you know, it's really sad what's going on in the state of California with our homeless. And, you know, yep. people are screaming about the border. I don't believe what's what they're saying about the border. They've been caught in lies, the Democrats, too many times. But what I don't get is, you know, they're over there feeding people on the other side of the border, but they're not feeding people in their own state. And, you know, we just can't, as a country, afford all these people on welfare and food stamps and coming in at the thousands. And I don't understand why Democrats do not get that unless they're planning a takeover of the American citizens. And, you know, it just really bothers me being that, you know, I'm going to be 60 years old and, you know, my children are going to be left in this country if if Trump doesn't make those changes. And, you know, the, the killing of the babies and, I mean, just so many disgusting things, trying to take God out of the country. I mean, everything my dad from World War II fought for, you know, they're stepping on our flag. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, this is, this you is know, those... it's not right. And, you know, I just... I just hope that Trump gets the support because I think the American people, if the Democrats get back in in 2020, I think 
we will end up they will end up tearing everything down but i think if trump wins you know he's going to turn this country around look at the stocks the other day mm-hmm. i mean incredible you know i mean how many people have walked into our white house and really kept their promises mm-hmm. and i don't get why the democrats except maybe news media you know they don't they don't say what he does but he's really following through for the people I I agree wholeheartedly with you, Patricia. We've got to get to a break. Thanks for calling in. Tell those folks up in the place where they sell all the hot stuff. I said, Dave said hi. I love that place. Remind me about the flag. When we come back from break, I want to mention something about President Trump and the flag. Okay, we'll talk about that. We want to do that, and we got a lot more to talk about. The phone lines are open. Uh, Andy Gibbs says on my Facebook, uh, felons who commit crimes like rape or murder should lose their... uh, rkba forever and uh, annie foster morgan says that's my mother hello to dave jan and all the others <laughs> and paula mccarty says hi everyone well hi back to thanks you as listening. well that's another thanks texas for, lady thanks for listening in we we'll look for your calls at 501-823-0965 by the way jan have you know who i'm talking about when i say mcnaught right yes the guy who does the picture yes i love his work i want the picture have you seen the one with trump uh oh the new one hugging the flag that's been all torn up and everything he has a way his his art has a way of just it gives me goosebumps everything i've seen him do and it's because it encompasses all the emotions of the american people and what's really going on in one photo in the in the expressions on the faces yeah the expressions on the faces I, i remember the one that he did of obama stepping yeah. On the Constitution, yeah. you know, trampling on it. Uh, but speaking of uh, patriotic, and Bill you know, will be right to you. Yeah, President Trump. President Trump was trying, and I don't know if he was able to get this done or not. But he was trying to get a law passed that, uh, against flag desecration. You know, people want to say desecrating the flag is First Amendment right. No, it's not. You have a First Amendment right to free speech, but that's actually a symbol of everything that this country was built upon. And I, I personally fear because if, if I see someone damaging the flag trampling it, burning it, or whatever. I'm going to grab it away from it. I mean, there's going to be a fight. I'll end up in jail. And I hate that because I would lose my gun rights, but I cannot sit there. To me, that is a that is a huge thing to do. If you're going to burn our flag, you need to move out of this country. Uh, did you happen to hear hear my show yesterday in the first hour? No. For the first half hour? I had on my show a gentleman's name is Lieutenant Colonel Harry T. Stewart, Jr., Mm-hmm. He flew 43 combat missions during World War II. <laughs> he uh, retired from active duty in the U.S. Air Force in 1950. He just turned 95 on the 4th wow. of July. He was part of uh, the Red Tails. He was the, Tuske- the Tuskegee Airmen. It was an awesome. Look, I got goosebumps. Right? Mm-hmm. It was an awesome, awesome interview with him well oh, i'm sure he talked about to be able to. he talked about how bad uh he gave he schooled all these people who think that racism is rampant now he schooled them about what real racism racism right. was all about and he said look we're not perfect but i served my country and i went over and 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 uh, fought for our constitution and i love this it, it, 
was one of the best interviews I have ever done. He was an amazing guy. You know, we, we, do, that, we do have some real racism on college campuses where they give special privileges by, based on race. We have racism in hiring where we give special privileges based on race. Government imposed racism. Mm-hmm. Government sanctioned racism. We do have racism, and it needs mm-hmm. to stop. It does. I think there was a time and place for affirmative action uh, years ago, but I think it, it needs to end. I think we've, we've shown, now that we've had a, a, an African-American president of the United States, we've shown that, that – uh, you can succeed, that racism is not holding you down. Um, so I, we've got a caller? Yes, we do. Okay, we got three it. minutes. They've been waiting. The news and Bill's been waiting in Florida, although I don't feel sorry for you, Bill. You're in Florida. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I don't either. First of all, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I grew up in Virginia and raised my girls in Tennessee, but I retired early. always wanted to move to Florida, and I got down here and built a home on a golf course back in 04. Good uh, for you. couple things, first of all. always enjoy listening to you guys, but a uh, couple little quick things I'll mention. When Trump first came down the towers, I was sitting with four of my neighbors, uh, one Democrat, one Independent, and two Republicans, and I said, there's your next president. And they all looked at me like I was crazy, <laughs> and I said, well, we're tired of this political correctness. Uh, I'm kind of a common-sense person, and I think – I've always pled for uh, we need term limits. Uh, we know what takes place uh, in terms of the lobbyists. As far as the racism issue, I went to Catholic schools. I grew up in Roanoke <laughs> with probably nine different uh, different nationalities. And one of the things that always disturbs me, I wish we could all be called Americans and not coined uh, words. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if we just if we just do that, and then. Uh, you know, people, the, this thing about the illegals is what gets me. If I go rob a bank and I have an accomplice that's in the car waiting for me, they'll be charged just as well as I would. Or if I fence uh, illegal weapons, I'd be charged just like the person that did it. We ought to go after the people, too, that are hiding the illegals. We know why the Democrats want illegals in here. Uh, they think they're more inclined to vote Democratic. Uh, it, it just uh, disturbs me. And actually, too, here's another falsehood. Obama was not your first black president. He had a white parent and a black parent. He's of mixed race, and I wish we could get over the Afro-American thing. I had nothing to do with the Civil War, and if you go back and look at all civilizations, there's always been a group that has helped facilitate uh, a particular nationality. We know the Chinese built the railroads. The worst-treated people, in my personal opinion— I think was the American Indian. What we did them was atrocities. Uh, we got to quit going over the past. We can't erase history. We need to move forward. We're, if we're legal, we're all Americans. I have a real good friend, uh, actually a husband and wife team that moved here from Turkey ten years ago. Twenty they seconds. Just got their U- they just got their U.S. citizenship and they now own a restaurant. Good for um, them. We got we we got to move forward. We got to quit making uh, excuses for ourselves. America is the greatest country on the face of the earth, and God bless America, and God bless our president. Thank you, Bill. We appreciate your call. The phone lines are open, 823-0965. Jan Morgan's here, R.D. Hopper, Paul Calvert. I'm Dave Ellswick here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you, and uh, Jan Morgan is across from me, and Mm -hmm. then we've got Paul Calvert. That's R.D. Hopper. I'm Dave Ellswick. Welcome to all of our friends on Facebook, whether you're on my page, the station's page, or you're on Jan Morgan's page. We appreciate you joining us today. If you're listening on the radio, thanks for listening. If you want to ask a question, 
0965. And let's go to California. And uh, Mike is out in California. Hi, Mike. How are you? Hello again uh, hey. for uh, Dave, RD, uh, Paul, and Jen. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Right. Thanks for calling. Well, I'm um, calling again this week. Uh, basically, uh, I, I love I love hearing your show. Uh, the uh, you guys are like the the, the Southern uh, think tank. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a question to pose for you, and uh, maybe the viewers can comment on too. Uh, it's more of an idea. I would like to go away from the uh, uh, the collegiate vote, uh, the uh, the uh, the electoral college, and uh, maybe go back to the popular vote. Now, a lot of people. Uh, get concerned over this and say, well, then California will control the nation. And that's not necessarily true. I don't think that's true at all. It would go back to more of an individual opinion and give us back uh, the power of our vote. Um, With that, I would like to uh, maybe propose that one day maybe we could uh, could have for every year of uh, good citizenship, we could have uh, one vote. In other words, I'm 50 years old. I would have 50, uh, 50 votes. And what would, what, would, what would happen, that would solve a lot of problems. You get someone, well, you've only been in this, uh, excuse me, you've so, only so been fi- in this so, country so, for a year. Um, and, uh, well, you get one vote, you know, basically. So you get one, one vote per, uh, per year. We could also award maybe extra votes for those who do exemplary citizenship, like uh, soldiers or wartime. Uh, we can we can award this um, volunteer also, service uh, or system. You could take away uh, votes if you say, hey, look, you you stole an item. You you got caught for thievery. Um, there's no reason you sounds like you learned your lesson, <clears throat> but there's no reason for you to uh, to spend time in jail on our dime. Um, you since you've learned your lesson, what we're going to do is take away, I don't know, 10 or 20 uh, votes away from you. And if you're a 50 year old person. Uh, you just got you know reduced down to 30, 30 year uh, thirty votes. So um, I think it would also promote uh, a lot more respect for our senior citizens because they're the ones carrying the most power. Uh, they're also the ones with the most history in this in this country. So I think we were to do something like that, um, it would solve a lot of problems. What do you guys? Think? That's an interesting idea. Interesting concept. Uh, yes. I, uh, maybe you should start the voting votes at at age. 18 you add one add one year to that extra uh, not just that if, if you start them at zero if you're born in this country and you start your vote at one years old i mean you get one vote even though you're not going to be able to really use it, use it we can use certain votes for for kids saying hey this has to do with you you get to vote on it but you only have 15 they're only going to have so many years um and it would promote like good citizenship in school. Okay, you, you lost me your, there. You don't want your citizenship, or you don't want your uh, you, you don't want your votes taken away. Start, start behaving. So can we can know, we also can we also make it so voice. that any, can we also make it so that anyone who's on welfare, Mike, we're going to keep talking vote. about this. We're going to let you go though because we. It's, it's an interesting on. concept, but but uh, I. I, I I don't know. It's 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 a, a perhaps a, a different strategy than the electoral college. The only problem Thanks. is if you get the government or someone in government to start deciding that who has the most points or right. who gets the most points deducted deducted. You know, we can't even trust the IRS from com- going after conservatives. Right. We we can't. You know, we see how much justice is at the Department of Justice yeah. <laughs> here lately, and it's been socialized. So uh, we don't want to give any more power to the government than they've already got. And the people in Wyoming, you know, they need to 
to have their vote also and the people in the rural states so okay real quick so, real uh, quickly i'm against that uh can uh, thanks to kenneth wallace for watching ken yang jennifer turner hopper is watching that's your better half isn't i better it? be good because you we were talking in the break that we we're going to talk about white privilege and guilt mm-hmm. and what some schools are doing and I, d- I people are watching they want to hear about i'm this. white I, you know, they, that's the way they want you to make you feel. But tell people about this latest thing, because people need to know about this. About what? White privilege? About the white privilege the requirement wa- pri- the now privilege in Arkansas. Oh, well, you're the privilege about walk. The privilege walk. Well, the I'm privilege a, walk. Let a, uh, Jeff, hang in there. Jeff's from Kansas. We'll go to him in just a second. R.D., you looked up the privilege walk. and Right. It's tell a our, background. The background. This is the... something that's going on at the Arkansas Science uh, Math uh, school of Arkansas down in Hot, in Hot Springs. Springs. Yes. Right. I just let everybody know it says here that the privilege walk is background on the diversity education task force. Okay. I guess it's the same people that try to re educate everybody. Okay. That, These are the kind of people that tell that you aren't tell all you that, inclusive. That just because you're born a born a boy, you might not be a boy when you turn No, no that's not what about that's not what the privilege walk is it's very simple. You can go to YouTube. Go ahead. No, no, I mean the diversity us, task force. Can you tell uh, us it is more used about? to educate and ad, and advocate and celebrate diversity, including making recommendations to college administrations to create a more uh, uh, more diverse offering of staff and training. No, it's not. So, no, it's not. You're so reading the definition from their own website. It, right, is, exactly. it is to educate and about that's diversity. What, what, is it, what it's about is to make people make feel, feel guilty bad. if you are white and you actually were raised in a family that were that had money, that somehow because you weren't raised poor and because you had a mother and a father and you have white skin, that there's something wrong with you and you should be ashamed and that you should step back and let everyone else. Because what they do is they have this test. They have all the students stand in a line and then they start asking questions. If you are a white White person uh, takes back up to uh, step forward two steps, so you get to move forward. And they say, if you're a white person who still has a mother and a father, to take two more steps forward. And you take two more steps forward. If you are a black person who is from a single parent, take two steps backwards. And so they show the difference between. And they say, now, how can this person ever get to where this person is? This person has a head start. And I say, look, forget this game, Barack Obama. Okay, that's all you have to know. Look where he ended up. Look, where he look, started, look at look Dr. Where ben ended. Carson, who was the, the, the you know a, yeah. was raised by a single mom in Detroit, in Detroit of all places, and look where he is today. So this white privilege game is made. The whole thing and, and is designed and, and to thing, make white people the, feel guilty. The thing is, you can you can look at correlation all over the place. You know, there's lots of correlation that is not necessarily causation. And so when we look at okay, statistically, black people have more problems. Is it because they're black, or is it because they happen to be part of a demographic where it's common for them to be in all kinds of trouble, such as crime, and they don't keep they don't stay married if they ever get married. Why don't we look at the actual statistics of you know what? If you act badly, your kids are worse off. Let's, the, let's point that out. Is, is, is it about, is it about our race? Federal government is is is, is 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 a picture of hypocrisy. Here's a government that says that you cannot discriminate against anyone based on race, and yet they turn around and on their own government documents ask you what is your race and ethnicity. It's on FFL forms. So why do they even ask that? If we're not going to discriminate, if your race is irrelevant, then don't ask it. Well, the, it shouldn't be it's asked. It's on the census form, except are you an American? One of the saddest things you can do is feel sorry for somebody and treat them special and treat them like they're inferior and that they're not as smart as everybody else is. Mm-hmm. All That's right. one of the worst things you can do. Let's go talk to Jeff. Jeff is out in the great flat state of Kansas. Mm. 
Hi, Jeff. How are you? How are, how are y'all doing today? We're doing We're great. We're doing awesome. Yeah, I'm just passing through Kansas. I live in Texas, and right. uh, I drive a truck. And uh, anyway, I just came across this. You guys caught this was perfect timing. Uh, Jan, number one, the reason that they ask those questions is because of quotas, right? That That's the reason that they ask you if you're white or black or brown or Quotas are quotas are racist. Whatever. Quotas based on skin right. color are racist. Inherently racist. Yes. Oh, absolutely, a- absolutely. And I- I'm 51 years old, and I-, I I think that my generation is the first generation that had to pay the freight for affirmative action. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I might be wrong, but uh, you know, I have I-, I came out of the military as a disabled vet. And every single federal job I applied for, I was turned down for because I was young and white. <laughs> and uh, I've lost jobs because back, I'm white. That, that, yeah, that's going back over 30 years. And recruiters from airlines would tell you point blank, we need a black woman mm-hmm. or we need a Mexican man. We do not need a white guy who just happens to have a name that sounds foreign, right? Or, right. Or whatever. And, I mean, it's been open. It's been open discrimination against white people for over 30 years. And I saw this whole fiasco on the news the other day, all this. You know, the term racist doesn't mean anything to me anymore. If if I'm supposed to be ashamed of being white or somehow give away everything else that I worked hard for, then... I'm a racist because I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to apologize for being white, and I'm tired of paying a federal tax bill that's more than what I paid for my house every year so that I can give <laughs> my money away to people that don't want to work. Well, you know, Jeff, I don't know. Or that want to come here and be rescued from a Kenyan refugee camp marry my sister so that she can get legal mm-hmm. and then get elected to Congress and do nothing but trash the country that saved me. Yeah, right. I, I agree. I, I agree it. with you. Well, I don't uh, yeah, President that, Trump says she either. should leave the country. So just so you know, the president agrees with you on that one. <laughs> and talking about Somalia is where <laughs> yeah. she came right. from. Here, here's the key. I don't think I should feel guilty that I was born white. I don't think a person should feel guilty because they were born black. Or, you know, they're Asian or whatever. Born poor. You know, or born poor. I was, I guess I had like three strikes. I was born a male, I was born white, and I was born on the wrong side of the track. <laughs> you know, well, I'm just saying. That's, a, what, that's what, an advantage. What, what more sincere way to just brutally insult somebody than to say, you know what, you're black, we're going to have to give you an, an extra hand. I mean... That, that's, just, that's an insult to somebody. It, it's a sincere an and brutal is, insult. is to look at anybody by their color and tell them you're that inferior. they're going to cut they're going to cut you slack mm-hmm. because you're a different color. Right. And so and so then, then then you know if if there's special entrance exams for black people, they're getting special privileges there for colleges and whatever else, then how many people throughout the rest of your life are going to look at you and say, "You know what? You're black. I wonder if you were allowed in engineering school." With extra privileges it's that way now, yeah, I know, and that's the thing is that we look at we might look at somebody and say, you know what, 
I wonder if he got into college and became an engineer because he was black. Because but until people challenge this legally, until people challenge these forms and those those skin color questions on forms, unless somebody challenges that legally, and until they do that and win, we're going to continue this path of, of double standard. The government says we can't discriminate, but the government can on their forms. Yeah, see, that's the thing about Dr. King. Dr. King always told us it was the character of the person and not the color of their skin. But we somewhere along the way forgot all of that. I'm just all, saying we all, all it, people, it was fault. It all was people forgotten. are created equal. That's right. And, and deserve equal wow. opportunity. Thomas Jefferson said that a long time yeah. ago. And, and <laughs> Jeff Galen says on our social media page, Jeff Ga- Galleon, I hope I'm saying his name right, just go look at any Indian reservation and you will see what happens to people when they're given everything and not required to work. And he is correct. And I, and I can say this because I'm a Cherokee Indian. I mean, that's my, my heritage. I'm an American. But if you were to look at my roots, you would You're find really an American. Cherokee Indian. Yes, <laughs> But, but the thing America. is, I, I've seen some documentaries about what's America. happened to so many of the, the Indian, <laughs> Indians on the reservations. I mean, it's it's sad uh, what's happening. And I think that, you know, when you take away a, a person's right to to be to self-responsibility and, and, and pride in, in being an American and going to work every day and earning your own way, personal responsibility and personal accountability, when you take all that away and just hand everything to them based on their race and ethnicity, I think that you're it's not only degrading and insulting, but it is destructive. It's worse than going up and kicking them in the shins. It is. It is. It really is. I mean, there's a lot of things that's worse than kicking. Oh, sure, of course, of course. At the end of the day, though, it is good for us. If you said something else, I might have agreed even more. (laughs) But at the at the end of the day, it is good for us to struggle. It is good for us to work hard. Something else. You have. A minute. A minute. Okay. So my ex-husband is chief of police in, in an Arkansas city, and he told me one day about... I the, didn't know that. Yes, he is. Good guy. Very cool. He's a good man. Uh, he was chairman of the Commission on Law Enforcement Standards for the state of Arkansas as well. Wow. But he said that one day a, a representative of the NAACP approached him and sat down and asked him to lower the admittance standards for their agency. So, because he said you don't have enough black officers, and and that and, happened and, in but, Tennessee, by but, the way. But you know that what does that say though? You shouldn't lower the standards based on a person's skin color. The standards are the standards, whether it's the military, whether it's law enforcement, whether it's becoming a teacher, whatever it is. These are the standards. You want to do this, then you work until you can get there. And mm-hmm. if you can't, do something else. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree wholeheartedly with what you're too. saying. But in Tennessee, they lowered the the, the uh, amount. Of, of points you had to have mm-hmm. if you were a person of color to become a state trooper. That's wrong. It caused a big say. lawsuit, and they don't do that anymore, from what I understand. Yeah, you, sh- it, you shouldn't. That that lowers the expectations. If the people that your your skin color determines what your expectations are, in I life, agree. And, it's just and it does not. It's wrong. All right, a break, and we'll come back. We got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. The phone lines are open. 501-823-0965. So wherever you're watching here in Arkansas or across the country or in the world, uh, here's your opportunity to be part of the show today. All right, let's go back to the phones. We've got about seven minutes left in this hour. It's going quickly. Bob joins us. He's a retired police officer here in Little Rock. Thanks for your service, uh, Bob. We appreciate you being part of the show today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, I was listening to you, and uh, I don't know where you've been, but it's uh, Tennessee is not the only place. It's here in Arkansas also. Okay. Uh, it's uh, the score to pass the test for a police officer is uh, pass-fail. 
if you make 70 or above, then you've passed. It doesn't make any difference if you made 100 on the score. Uh, it counts the same as a 70. Okay. In my case, uh, you know, like the lieutenant's list, I topped the lieutenant's list, and the federal court ordered the police department to uh, come up with a rule of three. In other words, what they did, the chief had uh, to pick one of the top three. Well, I was number one on the list. I was passed down, passed over, and they picked number three, uh, who was a black officer. Yep. And uh, I didn't make lieutenant. So instead of going through, putting myself through all the heartache and anger, I just took myself out of the process for the last 11 years I was there. We've lost a lot of good officers because of the very thing that you talked about. And thank you for sure. uh, for your service. And we really do appreciate it and for sharing your, your story. You know, that, that happens. It's happening all over America. It's not just here. It's not just Tennessee, like you said. But, uh, you know, how, how do you think we're ever going to get past this, Bob? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I know back in the day, uh, the city gave EEOC copies of the tests uh, for the black officers. And so they had to test in advance. Uh, so they allowed, you know, allowed them to cheat. Uh, I've seen officers passed over good officers uh, simply because they were white. Mm-hmm. I've heard the same thing has happened in the military as well, just saying. Oh, sure, it's happening everywhere. Uh, I've talked to some of the guys at training, and uh, like the uh, upcoming academy, they'll tell them uh, what they want mm-hmm. uh, as far as the uh, white, black, female, Hispanic. And the reason people should care about this, folks, even if you're not a police officer, the reason you should care about this is, for example, in that case, the person who was now the lieutenant over that that shift, that person is decision making regarding the safety of you and your family and the people in our community and has to decision make in a crisis. And and when you talk about training and officers on the streets, you know, training has led to many a riot. Uh, or lack of training there, thereof has led to many a riot in this country. And Not to mention dead people. Yes, it's led to, to, to yeah. dead people, and people dying when they shouldn't. But so you, thank you so much for calling us. We appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. And it also lowers the morale of the force. If you don't reward people that achieve, just like in school, mm-hmm. if you don't reward people that achieve and you reward underachievers, before you know it, the morale is going to be, you know, now why do your here, best? Why, why be exceptional? You don't correct a wrong by having another wrong. Mm-hmm. You, but only that the basic cor- you only correct wrongs by doing right. That is the basic tenet of socialism as well. Definitely. De- there's no reward for hard work and trying to get ahead. Everybody is on the same, same equal uh, scale. So if you go out and work really hard, then they're going to take some of your money and give to the people who won't work at all. And eventually, people get a realize that you know I could, I could do better if I don't work at all. I can just and when sit you, at re- home when and you recognize that, that socialism isn't isn't even that good, I mean, in, in socialism, no, you, you still you still have you still have cronyism. You still have people that that, that buy favors and, and sell favors. And so that even even in socialism, that's supposed to be about equality. You, I think, you generally still have people who. 
buy favors. You, I, have I think hey, you, folks, you typically have a lot more corruption there. I'm telling you, those of you who have little kids in school where they're giving participation trophies instead of a first, second, and third place, and the rest of you just lost this time, you're, you're teaching socialism. You're teaching, you're giving kids, you're, you're, you're not giving them uh, the skills they need to fail and then pull themselves up by their bootstraps. You're no not giving them coping behind. skills. Yeah, they can't cope. That's why they have to go to their safe space now on college campuses because of participation trophies way back when. Nobody learned that sometimes you get beat. Yeah, and, and the true and, and, test of character is can you pull yourself up, back up by your bootstraps and learn from your mistakes and do better the next and, time? And, and recognize that hard work <laughs> is good, and the fact is that there's always, almost always going to be someone who's better than me, and that's okay. But the fact is that we can all be productive people, and we can we can work hard. Yes, we all hope that you rise to the level of the rest of this panel one yes. day. I, 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 I hope I live that long. Me. All right, we will take a break. Can, can, I, can I say I'm not holding my breath? <laughs> we'll come back <laughs> here on. Yeah, don't hold your breath. We'll be back with more eight two five zero one eight two three zero nine six five. Anywhere in the United States, give us a call. We look forward to talking to you. All right, into the four o'clock hour. A story just coming out on Fox News. Let me bring it up again here. i got to get to it here real fast. There it is. And uh, this is is good news if you're pro-life. The Trump administration stopped taxpayer dollars from going to abortion referrals at publicly funded family planning centers as of yesterday. Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion provider, had sued the administration, along with 20 states that would include Arkansas, by the way, and the District of Columbia in an attempt to stop Health and Human Services, or HHS, from uh, diverting Title X family planning funding going to abortions. But the Ninth Circuit Court, the Ninth, folks, that's out in San Francisco, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh rejected that plea quote this is a devastating blow to the four million patients who obtained birth control cancer screenings and other essential care through title uh, 10 the organization tweeted now, birth control you can get at your county level uh you know health care providing you can get that free of, of charge i mean you don't have mm-hmm. to go to planned parenthood to get that Ahead of a uh, Tuesday HHS conference, the administration formally notified clinics that it's going to begin to enforce the ban on abortion referrals, as well as a requirement that clinics maintain separate finances from facilities that provide abortions. Another requirement that abortion facilities cannot be under the same roof as family planning clinics will take effect next year. And uh, so, good Good news. That's good news. That's great news. If people have the right to believe what they want to believe about that, I guess, even though we have our strong opinions, being that we use the Bible for source of authority of right and wrong, Mm -hmm. and taking someone's life, it's hard to justify in my mind, but at least states ought to have the freedom to choose, and you shouldn't make one side that believes it's unethical pay for the people on the other side to do it. Exactly. So how much money do you think the government gives to Planned Parenthood clinics? Take a guess. Is, Paul. It, is it still $500 million? No, is it's it not that much. I don't, I don't know how much it is then. Jan, any guess? I have no idea because it's probably going to make me mad. Any guess? Well, if it said five's high, I'll go 250. 
That's pretty close. 250. $260 million that's, a year well, that's to Planned Parenthood. Federal well, it's the same going. thing. with We're doing the same thing with illegal immigrants. My tax dollars are going to subsidize churches like the Catholic Church. I'm talking billions of dollars to subsidize their sanctuary programs for people who are coming here illegally. I, I shouldn't have to do that. I don't want to do the that. The Catholic Church is actually well. receiving... Money well, yeah, for the federal government. That's up yeah. in Northwest Arkansas. Wow. We're, 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 our federal government is giving the church billions of dollars. Look it up uh, to subsidize handling of illegals. 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 Wow. Yeah, people I, who I are in guess. our country illegally. Yes, absolutely. Why? What is it? Good I mean, question. What, 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 good, what is good question. Because why? Why would you subsidize a program that is is incentivizing you know, I, people to violate federal well, immigration and I, and laws? I, and I can kind of understand the Catholic Church saying, "Well, our, we our, our, religi- our, our religious beliefs are that we should allow anybody to come in, and we're going to pay for them to come over." But it's a, not, quite another thing for the federal government no, to give well, them. No, the, the Catholic Church should actually believe what the Bible says about abiding by the laws of the land, unless well, they conflict with the, well, the word and, of God. And I can understand that maybe they, they believe they conflict, but at the end of the day, though. Why would the federal government give them money for that? I mean, I, mean, I can understand the Catholic Church paying for it themselves, even if it violates federal law. I just, hey, all you got to do but, is start a nonprofit organization for just about any reason, and then when you start a nonprofit organization, then you can start applying for grants, and you can take that uh, money and say, and you do something good with it. So basically, it's putting the government in charge with all our money and the government deciding if they're going to uh, fund somebody that sells baby parts after they kill babies, remove them to the, from, the, from the mother, or if they're going to provide You do that you with know, bald eagles, you're going to jail, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly, or provide you know, health care to people that are here illegally or education or whatever else so the only way to stop any of this the same thing i said about dhs you know i appreciate what appreciate what alan clark is trying to do and linda collins smith was trying to do to try to bring some sense to dhs and and, and bring some recognition can't that. bring sense to a government program that's exactly right the only way you can cut the crime in a government program is cut the program if you want to have 50 percent less crime send 50 percent less money to it and i think where there's, there's money there will be crime i think there's a lot of proof in that and part of the problem i think is we just don't have a system in place to hold these thugs accountable and so what Never happens will. is we we've got Somehow we came up with this notion that well, government officials should have immunity or some or some level of immunity when they break the law and violate people's rights. That's numbskulled. That's nuts. Why on earth do we ever give government officials immunity when they commit crimes against human humans against other their fellow fellow citizens? That's nuts. Any, that's nuts. Any gover- any government program just about there is, if you look at it, incentivizes bad behavior because a government program needs to exist and provide the jobs for everyone that's in it. In order for it to exist and provide the jobs and grow, they have to make the problem grow so they can grow with the problem. So if you want to make the problem smaller, make the program smaller. In many cases, the programs never should have existed in the first place because well, it's not yeah, the role of government. Because sure. the fact is that, you know, if Someone, That's the whole problem. If someone needs help, you and I can help them. In many cases, we're willing to, but we're not willing to help a deadbeat. Everybody has voted, just like these special elections in the cities, everybody has voted to just give the government all our money and let them take care of all our own personal obligations. If we were taking care of our own personal obligations as citizens and neighbors, and if you want to talk about you know, the Good Samaritan, 
everybody is your neighbor and we all should be taking care of each other right. and it shouldn't be the government's job to do it and let's notice that the good samaritan didn't go and rob somebody else on the side of the road and, exactly. and help the guy that was bleeding no he took his own money he went to an inn and he spent his own money some more and he left money with the guy to help help him he didn't rob anybody on his way that was a one-to-one ratio wasn't it What's that's that? the one every dollar he spent went to the need yeah went to the need that is a one-to-one ratio right. no, no corruption there either no corruption I mean, yeah it's so, amazing and, and and so and it's voluntary there's no there's no animus involved there's no there's no frustration and, and no cronies and, yeah and so at the end of the day you've got a good man sees somebody else in help in need of help and he helps him god ordained government and gave him the authority to punish the evil and to protect the good people, and that's what they're supposed to be doing. The problem is, is the government is Protects running out of control and incentivize bad behavior, so we can grow and hire hire more of their cronies and get more government contracts. So, uh, but the problem is, is that our government can't talk call evil evil anymore. Exactly right. Well, they they can call good evil though. Yeah, yeah. They take they accept evil instead of calling evil evil. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and get a quick first break, and then we'll come back, and we will talk further here on the uh, the, the, the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about my good friends over at uh, Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. They are at 3920 East Keel Avenue. Now, if you live out in California, this might not interest you, but at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood, Arkansas, and they will sit down with you and run over all of your insurance that you have and uh, see if they can't save you money and see if they can't get you better coverage. Call 501-819-0373. That's uh, 501-819-0373. And the professionals at Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency will work with you, see if they can't save you some money and get you some better coverage through Allstate. 19 minutes after 4, some of you are on your way home from work. Lucky you. We are envious. Uh, I won't be on my way home till 6 o'clock. You guys will get out of here earlier than me. That will be the end of this hour. By the way, I want everybody to know, I guess I have a socialist bone in my body because every person who is one of my special friends here in the studio are paid the exact same as the other one. Can, can I, yeah, I, I, you know, work. Dave, this is just not fair because you know, I, I'm taller than Jan. I should get paid at least like 10% more. I like the caller. Yeah. I'm older than you are. So well, she's get a paid woman. More. So she well, gets paid hey, more than you. We're beat. You know, she gets, gets paid more At the end of that women. conversation. And Artie Hopper's <laughs> older than me, so maybe he deserves to get paid more than me. I, 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 he should get paid twice as much as me, maybe. All right. Well, anyway, let's go, <laughs> let's go to Mall Mel. I'm going to let the dirty looks fly. Studio. <laughs> Uh, Barbara is in Maumelle. Hi, Barbara. How are you? Hi. Um, the lady that just spoke that said that the Catholic Church is getting money uh, to um, settle and help these immigrants from the federal government. Actually, that's Catholic charity. Mm-hmm. There may be people in the church who help manage Catholic charities, but that's not the church itself. And then also... Um, there are a lot of other quote unquote religious connected nonprofits in the nation that are helping to settle these folks for federal funds and um, then also some secular ones. But um, 
also, um, uh, she's incorrect. That is not what Catholics believe. That is the political opinion of the current Pope. The Catholic Catechism says that that uh, countries have the right, explicitly states that ca- that countries have the right to uh, control their borders and um, make decisions about who enters uh, their country. But isn't so the Pope forth. the leader of your church? So I just wanted to um, clarify that. Thank you. No, okay, well, let me. Not. Oh, he's not. The Pope's not the leader. Okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, no, I, that's the first I've ever um, heard of that. Yeah. Um, let he, me say he this. He does not have uh, authority. This is straight from the Capital Research Organization, okay? Straight from the Capital Research Organization. The U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops is the largest organization receiving federal money to help United States uh, immigrants who come across uh, the borders illegally in the United States. This table shows in 2018 that they received $47.7 million for resettlement purposes. That's my tax right. dollars. Well, actually, they've received more than that. Well, but, actually, uh, but, but the here's the US thing. U.S. Catholic bishops here's handle the thing. Catholic charity. Whatever happened and to separation of one, church and excuse state? Excuse me just a minute. There's only one. I'm trying to clarify the fact that you are spreading misinformation. I am only underneath one bishop. I am not underneath Catholic bishops. The Catholic uh, catechism has not changed. You are talking about their political views. But your money is supporting their political views. Um, You don't know what's going on with my money, so you might want to be careful (laughs) about that. Okay. Yeah. So, so here's the well, deal. The, the, you know, the, the head of the yeah. Catholic Church uh, in general uh, is the Pope, and the if you look, take a look at your own church's position nationally, what their position is on immigration. I think you'll find there have been some adjustments since maybe you read the Catechism. Uh, just like we have a Constitution in the United States, but our legislators have adjusted it somewhat and trampled it here and there and changed things because that's what uh, politicians do. And when a church gets oh, political, no, no, when a church gets no, political. This is what happens when a church Mm -hmm. gets political. This is what happens. But the bottom line is, ma'am, whatever happened to separation of church and state? I'm I'm being respectful to you. I'm I'm honest. I understand how you're hurt about this. And I understand that you disagree with the the Catholic charities helping. And we appreciate that. And we appreciate that. Yes, we do. So I don't mean any disrespect for you to you. And I'm sorry if you're taking it that way. What you're doing when you make the statement you're making. It's a true statement. You're making enemies out of the people in the Catholic church. I get my life threatened you. for my political beliefs, so I, you know, making enemies yeah. is a, is a well, daily thing to me. Is you're making Just enemies. telling people yeah. the truth. There, there are a lot of people who've left yeah. the Catholic no, Church for that very reason. Bill O'Reilly the left the Catholic Ma'am, Church because of that. It is not the Catholic Church that is uh, moving these people in. It is Catholic charity. So you're saying it's a different and organization. Bishop, yeah. yeah, and the bishop, the U.S. Catholic bishop. Uh, run, run handles some of that funding. Not well, all of it, but some of it. Yeah. In fact, uh, the amount has been much bigger than the $47 million if you actually consider yes, what it it's is. giving to Catholic charities. It is, yeah. but if, if we can get to the, the real point of my whole concern is, once again, whatever happened to separation of church and state, I don't think that any churches in America should be getting any money from the federal government because churches are tax-exempt for the very reason that when you help 
immigrants or when you help uh, widows and when you help people, that is church funds from donations from members of a church. And you shouldn't be getting involved in any kind of political ventures whatsoever because and that's why you have a tax break. That's why churches are tax exempt. But if, if our, no, federal, actually, government is, if our federal government is going to start giving money to churches, then I can think of a lot of things that need done. Uh, the Baptists need to get done okay. and Methodists need to you, get done. You <laughs> cannot you cannot exclude religious nonprofits from the public square if non-religious nonprofits are getting money for the same thing so, you cannot exclude the religious nonprofits right. so what happens otherwise here? it's a viewpoint I don't think the money should be given to most of the tax money should be given to any of these nonprofits. So we can agree on that. And so, so, Jan, so Jan, what, what happens? You're trying to exclude the religious nonprofit, and there have been there have been federal and um, Supreme Court cases specifically about that, saying you cannot exclude uh, groups from taxpayer benefits or the money just because of their religious. Viewpoint. Right. Now, so, so what um, happens sometimes that is that religion it... should not be involved. Religion should always be involved in caring for people. Right. And so, it's what happens? Not necessarily yes, but, funded, but exactly. might be right. Not funded that. by tax dollars. Right. 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 So, so, what happens is we get we get organizations that, that work with people who are getting out of prison. They're trying to get their mm-hmm. lives straightened up. And so, some of those organizations are ecumenical. There's no or there's no religious organization to them at Tied all. Tied to them. Right. And, and then some of them are. Some of them might be mm-hmm. with the Baptist or someone else. And so, I think what is what has started to happen is that the government will send funding to a lot of different various organizations mm-hmm. and not discriminate against the Baptist or the Catholics or whoever else mm-hmm. because they're providing the same services as the atheist groups or the or the just non-religious groups. And so I think that that's kind of that's maybe part of what she's talking about there is mm-hmm. that the, there's I some I agree of, with her on that. We of, agree on that. But I and, think, and I think the the better approach is get the government out of it. Exactly. Altogether and the government, get the government shouldn't, out shouldn't, of shouldn't be providing government supposed to be involved in. Shouldn't shouldn't be providing these programs and if someone's so evil that they can't, can't be trusted to be free in society, I don't cut off their air supply. But we, it goes back to what we were talking about about the abortion thing. That's I don't exactly want my tax right. dollars used to fund right. abortions, and right. I don't want my right. tax dollars used to fund uh, people that are violating immigration policy, federal law. I just okay, I well, here that. here's the problem: is that it's hard when you hear Catholic charities to be able separate to separate them, them right. from the Catholic Church, as well as let's go back to April when Pope Francis donated half a million dollars to Mexico-based projects to help migrant mm-hmm. communities uh, for uh, the funds to be distributed between 27 projects to help uh, 16 Mexican uh, dioceses and congregations for illegals to make their way across the American border. That see, That's the kind of stuff that people hear that, and it may not be specifically... Uh, part of both the Catholic Church, but people are going to put that together as being how do you Catholicism. Se- how do you separate the acts of of the Pope from the Catholic Church? That was my point. I mean, I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, the 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 dude is a he is Catholicism. 
I mean, I, I think maybe maybe I don't understand the na- nature of Catholicism. Well, I'm but, sitting but here I, I think reading that, an article where this where this reporter is saying, you know, it goes through this whole long list of things that the Catholic Church, not not just the bishops, and charities, it's possible the Catholic, that, that, has done to support illegal immigration. He said, I have a long he said I have a long wonder why the Catholic bishops in this country are so vocally in favor of unrestricted and even illegal immigration and against attempts to reform or restrict our dangerously porous borders. But I understand borders. what she's saying. Just because there's a group of bishops, it may not be the bishop Official that's decision. over her, her diocese. diocese. Right. Okay, so I, I understand her concern. Mm-hmm. She uh, clarified some stuff for us yeah. about the Catholic yeah. Church that yeah. we didn't know right. as far as the nonprofits being separate from the church and maybe the church being separate from the pope. You know, I'm, I'm not schooled on the Catholic Church, you know, but everybody that hears that. A Catholic nonprofit is doing this, and the Pope yeah, is saying say is that. that. Even though my specific Baptist church may believe one thing, if my seconds. church is paying into the State Baptist Convention, and the State Baptist Convention is violating immigration law, then I'm going to withdraw myself as a Baptist because some of my money funds it. that state convention. All right, got to right. get to the news. We'll be back. We're going to remember uh, 50 years ago when we come back and other things when we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. News is next. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've all been sitting here uh, talking away. And uh, when we when we get this whole thing about religious organizations getting money, a lot of that started during the Bush administration, Bush the junior, if you all remember that. Uh, because on par, when you look at Christian groups, they get a much better result for a lot less money uh, when they're working with people. And so some people came up with the idea that the government should work with, you know, Christian groups to help people. Well, like anything else, because Man is a fallen creature. I know that that gets into theology for a lot of people, but because to man help people is a uh, is a, uh, a fallen creature, it don't matter if you belong to churches or not. When there's a whole lot of money passing between hands, there's a whole lot of temptation, and that money comes with strings attached. Oh, yeah, many well, times. And it's and I think. Their observation was was valid. They they're, they're trying to implement programs to try to help some of these guys. Well, I can give you a serious... perfect example. You know, Paul, uh, what is it? The ranch out in Conway, the Renewal Ranch. Yeah, they do a fantastic job with men who have had terrible problems with substance abuse, have found themselves in jail, get themselves out of jail finally, and then these folks help them become productive uh, citizens. The government can't run. A facility like that because uh, the way our country is gone now, you can't do anything that elicits the name of a higher power. If you do, they'll strip you of all the funding that you get. So, you know, they were looking at giving them funding, and I'm glad that it didn't happen. Mm. You know, to be honest. Well, at some level, I think that's that's probably better because they they don't get tainted or poisoned with the government money on some level and so they can be more free to do but it goes back to what what rd just said it comes with strings attached that's why i wish 
personally, and people think I'm nuts when I say this. You are nuts. That you know <laughs> that the Capit School District. I would pay higher, a higher millage on my mm-hmm. property for my school district if they would quit taking government money. Mm-hmm. I, I would because when you take I the government the money, the strings attached are you then, have to you have to educate kids the way the government says. The government says, says well, and uh, you only yeah. get ten percent. From the federal government, but you get ninety percent of, of the regulations. Rules. Or, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I would, I would, I would, I would act similarly. I think to, to what you just said is that you know what, if I could donate, say my my property taxes, if I could donate that money to a private school of my mm-hmm. choice, I'd probably be willing to pay an extra ten percent, right? Over what I pay normally, but you know what, what rather than giving it to the government for them to, to to destroy people's lives with. And what school districts have told me when I was traveling around the state last year and and in, in talking with teachers and superintendents, what they told me was many times these are unfunded mandates. You know, when the, oh, yeah. when you take money from the government, then the government comes back and says, "Okay, well, this is what you have to do." And oh, by the way, uh, we're not going to give you money to do it. <laughs> you have to do, the, and and so they're actually so going take into ten, deeper. So you hole. take ten dollars from $10 them, and all of a sudden you've got you've got fifty dollars worth of regulation. Attached, but yes. you have more jobs. Yeah, <laughs> you have more like jobs, that. so you lower you lower the unemployment. Rate. And, 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 and the government is not supposed to be creating. <laughs> and jobs. there's all this other free money the government gives us in free other, other places. Capitalism is supposed to be creating jobs. The government's not uh, supposed to be in the business of creating. Yeah, jobs. That's, that's, that's just too slow. We can't we can't rely upon free market and and, and liberty to do this. We got we got to speed it up through government. Programs. If you look at some of the biggest catastrophes we've had in America, it was when the government got involved. Really? You know, when the government bailed out the airline industry, when the government bailed out the auto industry, why don't you just let these people who make irresponsible decisions suffer the consequences of their actions? You know, I, I'm a small business owner. If I make a financial mistake, the government come, doesn't come and bail me out. I and have to just suffer through it. No, and they, they shouldn't. Should. Because they should. the but just because it's a big industry, they're going to jump in and help. They're too big. And we need to have the intestinal fortitude to say that in other areas of life as well. You know, back during the flooding, I spent, I bet you, 40 or 50 hours filling sandbags, mm-hmm. volunteering. I didn't get paid a nickel for that. And in fact, it cost me money. But at the end of the day, we need to do that sort of thing and tell the government to leave us alone. We can help yes. our neighbors. At the end of the day, if, if we're not willing to help our neighbors and we're not willing to stand up and say, look, go home. Government, go home. We can handle this. We can help each other. It used to be that way. Now, but you got to go back to the 40s <laughs> to get back to that time. But no, now the everybody, 40s was it was before that my way. time. Well, 40s it was, was before my time. But right. I'm just saying, there was a time. I mean, I. When there's, personal there's responsibility great, and accountability Great story was, about Daniel Boone when he was a congressman. He was I love a man. That story. He was a real yeah. man. And the bottom line was <laughs> there, was, that story. there was a lady that was a secretary there at Congress. Mm-hmm. whose home burned down, and several congressional members wanted money from the public treasury to help her recover, and Daniel Boone stood up and spoke against it mm-hmm. and uh, said that that's not the way that it was supposed to be done, and they voted against it, and after they, the vote was taken, he uh, gave the, the lady money to mm-hmm. help rebuild her home. Yeah, I think I heard a story, something like that, is that one of the congressmen said, you know what? I make less than the rest than all the rest of you in here more than likely. I'm willing to give a month's salary or, or a week's salary or whatever it was towards this 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 widow woman who ha- whose house burned down and I think they ended up raising the money right there. Mm-hmm. And that that's the solution to these problems is that we can help them ourselves, but it is wrong 
to collect tax dollars for charitable purposes. I'm sorry. That is mm-hmm. not the role of I government agree. in a free society. I agree. And at the end of the day – Less government is better government. Right. And sometimes that means that you know instead of this person, these people on welfare living in their own house in a, in a nice neighborhood that becomes a trash heap um, later on, it might mean that you know what? maybe we put them up in our garage for a few days to help them get back on their feet or maybe we – Put them in the in, in the spare bedroom, or and, and we and we put them, them to, and we put them to work, yeah. as opposed to and sometimes you might see you know what this is this is a, a single mother her husband just died and she's got six kids, you know she can't do a whole lot of work I'm going to help her out, but she she can still help clean the house and help with things as opposed to just government coming along and stealing from all of the taxpayers and saying oh, we're just going to give you a welfare check. In the meantime, when you help when you or I help her out, she's thankful. That's exactly right. And what we were talking about during the break is creating victims. One of the worst part things that anybody can get in in their mindset is I'm a victim and it's everybody else's responsibility to take, to take care, care, of, care of, me. of me. That is right. a poison that we don't need to be poisoning people with. Well, we need to we've tell, poisoned whole generations We poisoned generations. Yes. We need to tell everybody. I don't – even people – that are have handicaps, right? That you can take personal responsibility sure. for your future, and you can take care of yourself. And we're going to help you, train you to be a productive citizen and to do a job. In today's time, with computers and everything else, people can live productive lives. But we need to teach personal responsibility. You cannot be happy dependent on somebody else to take care of you. You know, and actually, some of the the best employees that companies can get are some of those employees that have been through, they have special needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're citizens, either they're in a wheelchair or some, some sort of, of um, you know, physical challenge, uh, limited physical abilities. Uh, but we have organizations in the state like Abilities Unlimited, and they train people to work around these physical disabilities and actually to do uh, jobs. And, and those people be- love their job. I've toured their facilities. I've talked to the people, mm-hmm. and they're so excited. They can't wait to go to work every day. They want to earn their own way. And, and employers have told me, you know what, these people show up to work every day. They right. probably do the work they, instead they of watching right. so YouTube. Years, years ago, my, my <laughs> years ago, my brother and I were splitting firewood, and there was a there was a man from church. He had some somewhat substantial disabilities. You but know he, how to throw an axe? Mm. I, I would never believe that. Looking at your hands, <laughs> yeah. way too soft. No. Well, I'm getting soft in my old age. But and so, anyway, so were th- you a splitter or were you a pilot? I can do both. I can okay. I, I I can split firewood. I can I can do a lot of it. But the how many hits does it take you to split a log? It depends on the log. One it should the, be one hit. Depends one on the log. The, one of the lead betters. Is it this big around? One of the lead betters uh, said that he was a pilot, and they tried to put him in you know the cockpit of a plane. Mm-hmm. But he was just talking about he was his brother split the oh, logs he, and he piled it. Oh, he piled <laughs> it. <laughs> no, I've done a lot of eating. That's a southern joke for you but, watching in the rest of the country. But he but anyway, this 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 man had some had some difficulties. He would come out and, and work with us sometimes. But this man, even with his disabilities, could work and he could work productively. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting is that my brother and I we also had some some younger boys that would come out with us. They were late teens, early twenties maybe. And this man who had these somewhat severe, severe disabilities could outwork them. Mm-hmm. He right. wanted to work, and he liked himself better. And he liked us because we let him come out and work with us. And it, it was just it was good for his soul. Brent Granger says on social media that when the Democrats bailed out big businesses, it sent the wrong message by using our tax dollars, and that we should have let them sink because small businesses don't get any government bailouts. And that's true. Well, right. listen, true. remember the car bailouts, GMC. 
which I call now government-made cars, uh, of course, were bailed out by the feds. Ford was not. Mm -hmm. Ford is still around as well as GMC is mm-hmm. still around. So And they had to make some drastic changes. Yeah, Ford they had, did. Ford had bought up Jaguar and Rover and a bunch of these manufacturers, but they actually cut all the losing car makes that they had in that's kind of that's called a good business decision they actually brains yeah they actually saved themselves by starting making good decisions and getting rid of what was Mm -hmm. what was unprofitable but what our government does not know how to do and that's make a profit Mm -hmm. who was the first president that started the bailouts was it george w bush no you know i I think it's been happening for a long time but i I think it was back back in fdr Probably, and and even further. Well, and so, well, uh, various different policies. Some of your stuff, like with the the, one of the classic court, Supreme Court cases, was um, uh, Wickard v. Filburn, and that was a wheat case where the government was was telling people how much wheat they could grow, and that's a that's a bailout for the various different industries in the country, and they were they were giving quotas about how much people could grow and produce and what whatnot. So that was kind of a, a starting point, I they're think. They're still doing they're, that. They are doing that Paying to some extent. Paying farmers not to farm. And that's, and that's plum stupid. But, yeah, and, why, are we, and, why are my tax but, dollars doing that? Why I, are my tax dollars being used to pay farmers to not farm? To control the price in the grocery yeah, store. I, I think that's a lot of it. Controlling, yeah, that's yeah, they government controlling the price, price, con, price controls. See, the government Definitely. is in the middle but, of it. It shouldn't be in the middle of it. Maybe Dave remembers this, but... If I recall, wasn't oh, you Doc, look at me like I'm really old? You're not, no, no, no. This, this, this was this was back during the. I think it was during the. Wait, all okay. history. I think it was during. Go ahead. I think it was during the 70s that wasn't Dodge kind of bailed out. Yeah, that was. Uh, 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 well, it was that's when the K car came on. Yeah, Coca. That would. I'm trying to think. He just died. Lee Iacocca. Iacocca, mm. yeah, Iacocca. And so the, he so had been the head. He's the man who gave us the Ford Mustang. Yeah. And then he was fired by Ford because uh, one of the Fords didn't like him, and mm-hmm. Dodge hired him. Okay. And yeah, he said. Now that. I will say in his defense, he went and took the money from the government, but they paid every penny back. Okay. Okay. Is, is, isn't, isn't that kind of – because years ago, you can't see them much anymore. There was a whole lot of Dodge trucks that were military vehicles, these, these Dodge pickup trucks that were, that were set up for military vehicles. I think you probably still see a few of them around now. I don't know. It's just like police cars, you know. Used they, to be they, crown change, they change the cheapest contract. But see, this is why yeah. millennials if – you, if you talk to millennials, they don't like capitalism. I mean, you, you interview a bunch of millennials, and what do you see? They're against capitalism. Well, the reason is because they don't really understand what true capitalism is. They've been they immersed in socialism for five years old. Because they see corporate bailouts, and they don't like corporate bailouts. That's and not I'm cap- saying, but that's, that's not, not capitalism. capitalism. That's <laughs> exactly. Right. I, all right. We've got to get a break. When we come back, here's what we want to talk about. Zach, play this for us. Here we go. Five, four, three. Two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Tower clear. All right, back. Final uh, seven minutes here. With the power panel, you got R.D. Hopper. That's him over here for all of you that are on. <laughs> Jan Morgan. Who identifies as a man? No, I'm, not, I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. What? And Paul Calvert, no, who is identifying is, as a woman. No, 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 Yosemite no. Samantha, right there. Yosemite <laughs> Samantha, just call me Sam. So anyway, that did you find that for me, Zach? It's one small step 
for man. Can I identify as a fish? Giant leap. <laughs> you for tried mankind. that. One. It didn't work. Paul. <laughs> it didn't really work that well. Did it? Yeah. No, it didn't. I'm going to go back uh, with you all to 1969 on July 20th, 1969. The United States won the space race. Uh, we walked on the moon, and uh, I was 16 when it happened. Sitting in front of the TV, watching it with my parents, and I remember this when it happened. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. All right. I still get goosebumps. I know. That's a, that, was, that was an Think amazing that. time. Walked on the moon. I remember watching it on TV, and I don't know how naive we were, but whenever I don't, I think it was on the, the takeoff that uh, we went outside to look to see if you could see it. Not walking on the moon, but if you could off see it. See, see, from uh, Arkansas, huh? Yeah, the, a bright light or anything uh, like that. But, like you know, President Obama just about destroyed NASA, but President Trump is bringing it back. Space exploration and China, China is about to make a big step on the moon, and so now we got to go there and protect uh, the territory. Well, we're Thank going you, back. Bill Clinton. Here's the key. We <laughs> went back and walked on it and collected some rocks and came back. The next time we go, we go to stay. Uh, that's the, the next difference. thing you know that we're going to be fighting over the moon space that's because it. China's it be. going to do something. They're going to do something up there, and President Trump, that's why we're going to have Space Force. That we're going to protect our interests on the moon. You're not just no country's going to go there and just say this is ours. Can we, well, can we figure really, out some people to send really up there ex- to stay? It's an exciting time. You know the new Orion uh, space cap, uh, capsule, mm-hmm. who, which Orion is uh, our Apollo now, uh, holds six people. Does not hold just three astronauts. Holds six astronauts, and they have much more room to move around in. Uh, they're figuring any time between 2023 and 2024 we will be going back. Now, they were lagging behind. Vice President Pence went down last week, mm-hmm. and they replaced some people at the very top of NASA. Right. Brought some people up that had been part of NASA during uh, the uh, space shuttle era <laughs> and put them in charge, and they were told, Get it back on track. You know, can, can you imagine if all the countries in the world, instead of focusing on all of the infighting and the wars, if we could set aside the greed and the violence and all work together towards space exploration, there's no limit to what we could accomplish. And it would kind of make, when you look at outer space and the vastness of how much knowledge is, is that we don't have about outer space, if you combine your efforts and focus on something bigger than just what's happening here, I think you would find a lot more peace on Earth, and we yeah, might make a lot yeah, more advances pa- in outer space. Okay, pa- let, me, let me tell you something great about the Saturn V. All right, that's the rocket. Okay, that's the candle they rode up on. It was 363 feet tall. Hmm. That's about the height of a 36-story building. Wow. It's 60 feet taller than the Statue of Liberty. Fully fueled for liftoff, the Saturn V weighed in at 6.2 million pounds. That is the weight of about 400 elephants. Talk about something hard to control. Have you ever been down to Houston, to NASA? No, I haven't If you guys have never been, you have got to go there. They've got a Saturn V. I've been to Smithsonian. Yeah, sitting on its side. they got the Saturn V. You've seen the Apollo capsule. I saw the Apollo capsule. But I'm going to tell you what, that rocket is 
incredible. Mm. And you it's think huge. of I just want to tell you, the balls those guys had, mm. you know, I'm not going to say imagine? gonads, the balls right. they had yeah. to sit on top of something filled up with, that with much liquid power. fuel yeah. <laughs> that could explode. Oh, my Lord. You never knew it hit well, you. Well, a lot they? of what we learned in that has had military implications in the same technology mm-hmm. that it takes to fly that thing up in outer space and move it around is the same technology that it takes to put a nuclear warhead and pinpoint it wherever you wanted at. And all of that technology stayed in you know the United States until Bill Clinton came along. About, then he started. Yeah, he then sold he, a then bunch he, of it. Then the Chinese, it off to the yeah. Chinese. You got Velcro, ballpoint right. pens, TV. Yeah, TV uh, dinners <laughs> and ballpoint pens. Yeah, big pens. That's where uh, it came from. I didn't know that. Tang. I so. How many people remember Tang? Yes. I don't know All what right. that was. That, uh, How about M&M's? That was powder. Was no, no, they didn't make that. that was, they were around right here. All right. But the bottom line is, that's something I think needs to be controlled. The things that the the types of technology they develop, they should the American taxpayers should make their money back by companies buying that technology from the government. Yeah, United States companies. Yes, that's true. Absolutely. That technology does Absolutely. not need to be shared because... There will never be unicorns in peace on earth. There's always going to be people that are want, that are willing new space, to take our freedom away from us. The new space launch system coming up, all right, is taller than hmm. Saturn V. Wow. It's 384 feet tall, surpassing the 363 on the Saturn V rocket, and uh, that's going to take us to the moon. Wow! I'm just glad President Trump is into all this. So yeah. we can get this what, done. What was the TV show where he always told his wife, I'm going to knock, take you to the moon or knock you to the moon? Yeah, that was a honeymooner. That was a honeymooner. Gleason, Gleason. I've never oh. heard of this. All right the way to the, guys, to the moon. Make this stuff up. Right. You make this stuff up because you're older and you think that the young people that are you pointing make at? up this stuff. Who are you pointing I've at? I've never heard of that. you yeah. never heard of that? you got to watch Gleason. that show. you got to watch up. that Look show. Look it up on Google. Okay. Jackie Gleason. All the way to the moon. You'll see it. I think Jane Meadows was his wife. All right, we'll take a break. Come back uh, for these guys are, are out of the studio with the power panel. They're back next Tuesday. The Bible guys are back in the studio in the next hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You baby boomer shit. Final hour of a Tuesday show. That means the Bible guys are here. Scott uh, is not here today. He will be back. He told me today. I talked to him. He'll be back next uh, Tuesday. Excellent. He's sitting in the in the middle seat, and that's good because if not, it was going to be just me and Steve, and that you just never know where that's going to lead. <laughs> that's trouble. I'm just saying that's dangerous right there. So that's Steve, Steve Hess is here. This is Steve Hess for you watching on on Facebook. This is Billy Miller uh, over here. Billy preaches out at Tucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes out and and takes the message of hope and grace of Jesus to men who are incarcerated. And Steve has done that as well mm-hmm. uh, and has worked at a local Hebraic uh, group of believers as well. Now, basically, you spend your time over at Agape. Is that right? Correct. Okay. so yeah, I'm out there working on the school. The school, which is called? The American Institute. There you go. If you want to know more, you need to go. I'm just telling you, it's important that you understand the Bible from a Hebraic point of view. and it, yeah. And it's going to show when we get to these questions today yep let's start with the first one why are men's prayers hindered if they don't treat their wives 
correctly. Doesn't this kind of go against that grace message that Jesus preached? Okay, we're going to try not to go too far down the rabbit hole of okay. grace. Good. <laughs> no hyper, no hyper grace. Here. Correct. Yeah, there's or greasy yeah. grace, and that there's really a great misunderstanding. But I will give you uh, one of the Hebraic definitions of grace. It's the word chesed, which um, in its basic form means to be inclined towards. So if you want the grace of God, meaning you want God to be inclined towards you, then you have to be inclined towards him. It's not something you take for granted, which is the hypergrace message that's being preached today. So this thing about things being hindered, well, let me add another one that's really extreme, which is Ananias Sapphira's. There's something in the book of Acts, New Testament period, quote-unquote grace period, and they lied to Peter, and they dropped dead before his feet. Yep, yep. So we have to really evaluate grace. Not together, separately. Separately. So we'll leave that for a whole other show. Right. But in, and I'll just say it in a kind of a simple way, is First Peter 3, 7, it just tells us, husband, um, likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to your wife as the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Um I would just simply say because the Bible says right. <laughs> to give honor to your wife um, and or your prayers will be hindered. Uh, if the reason other than just because it says so is because you're the head, you're the authority of that house and you're the covering of that house. Right. Uh, and if you're not honoring those that are in your house, matter of fact, uh, Pastor Chris, the um, assistant pastor out of Agape is teaching about a culture of honor right now. And honor within the home, honor towards God, honor towards within the community. Um, and if you're not honoring your wife, then why would God even listen to you if you can't honor those who you are the head of? Right. And you find yourself in a position because we have commandments. Uh, we have, and I know that people will freak out when I say that about the New Testament, but you have some some specific instructions on how you are supposed to treat your wife in the New Testament. Uh, And when you... Ephesians gets into that. Absolutely. And when you are not doing those things, um, that is the very definition of sin. You've been told how to act, and you're not acting that way, so you find yourself in sin. And uh, it's real hard for God to go, yeah, I know you're living in sin, but I'm going to listen to you anyway. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's, That's not... Regardless of what you've been taught, sitting on a pew somewhere, that is not the way God operates. Not stumbling in a sin, but walking in sin, meaning you are not changing when you've been led by the Spirit of God to correct it. And that would be the same as any other sin. Uh, You're not going to... You're not going to live a lifestyle of adultery and find God answering prayers for you right and left either. Just not going to happen. Sorry. There was a theology lesson on The Bachelorette. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I read the article. The guy that uh, is a born-again Christian said that he would not have premarital sex with the the girl who was looking for a husband, and she got upset with him because she said uh, that he it, it was a matter of pride with him, right. and so he was sinning in pride. And she had had sex with one of the other contestants right. twice, and, and claimed she, to be a believer, and claimed to yeah. be a believer. Yeah, you know, I'm so sure she believes in something. It all it all, but it was all right there for everybody to see yeah. on national television. Yeah, about what's going on in our culture today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he asked to pray with her yeah. before he left the show and she would not pray with him yep yeah well, not good okay by the way i didn't watch it i read the, yeah, i read the article i read the article i don't watch that it. foolishness no i don't watch it either <laughs> okay so why are the genealogies in the bible so important you know before i went to seminary i thought about i thought this is the exact same way but then i understood the importance of them uh 
I mean, uh, is it really that important that I know whose father was who? (laughs) So I can understand what you're saying. My short response to that is it was important enough that God used precious words to have those names written down. Right. Now, the longer point of that is that we needed to establish uh, the genealogy of the coming Messiah. Uh, Mm -hmm. You needed to know to whom you belonged. Uh, And it was very important in that culture um, since... Uh, land was passed down, inheritance was passed down by families and by tribes. It was really important to know who was who and where you came from. Um, we, we still do that today. I mean, I, I know uh, I've got an uncle. Well, he has passed at this point, but I had an uncle who spent most of his life uh, looking at the genealogies of our families. Why? Because we are naturally drawn to uh, the, that that family that we're plugged into. Uh, the problem with us here in the West is that we don't necessarily associate ourselves with being plugged into that family. Yeah. You belong to one of those families. Uh, now, that may not be in the flesh, but spiritually you belong to one of those families. Um, so those genealogies are important, should be important to us to know uh, what it is God was up to and what those people were up to. But they also have a tendency to describe the characteristics of the people that came out of those families. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, they're important. Um, do do am I going to sit here and tell you that the Book of Numbers is my favorite book? Right. No, no, I will not. As a matter of fact, I just finished rereading it, not before last. But it shows God's faithfulness to those who were given a certain plot of land. Absolutely. And the most important reason, though, is what Billy brought up, and that is the genealogy of the Messiah. And Matthew did a very good job in the opening part of the book of Matthew showing the connection yes. going all the way back to Adam because it was important to show that that Yeshua, that Jesus was a descendant of David. Right. And so they had to have that in order to prove that. But as we, it also makes the point that the Bible is more than a spiritual book. Yes, it, It's a contractual document with these kind of things with about lands, but it's also a poetic book. It's a historical book. It's also a geographical book, so it, it encompasses a lot of different things. Okay, so was it also important to show that Christ went all the way back to Adam because God said that, you know, the offspring of Eve would yep. crush the head of Satan. Yep. Right. And that's the main reason. Outside of seeing God's character in them, that's, there's not much else you're going to grab today. Mm-hmm. But seeing that God is a man of his word and he gave all of these contractual lands and here's the descendants of those people. All right. Last question before we go to break. Do you think a third temple will be built? And if so, does it need to be on the same spot as the old one? We're about to cause trouble. We really are. I know we are. Um, Do I think there needs to be? Uh, No, I don't think there needs to be. Uh, Do I think there's a possibility there will be one built? Yes. Um, do I think that is God's desire? No, I do not. I, I think if there's a temple coming, that the will ultimate be ultimate sacrifice. The temple's there for sacrifice. Right. Yeah. Um, now, don't get me wrong. When Messiah comes, done. when Messiah comes and sits on His throne, that throne will be in a temple, and that temple will be on the Temple Mount. Okay. Uh, but for one to be built between now and then. Uh, I, I just don't see it as necessary. And if it is done, it's not of God. It's going to be of man. I know there are lots of there are enough Christians in the world who desperately want a for some reason. They desperately want a temple so that Messiah can come back, which is just weird and upside down, in my opinion, right. uh, that there's probably enough political pressure to get that done at some point. But that is the efforts of man. That is not God. God does not need our help. And it's also the mind of um, a lot of prophecy teachers. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I will 
if if you are a student of the Bible and a student of the book of Daniel, you might want to sit down. Um, this really whole thing. I'm going to kick some sacred cows. I like it. <laughs> this this whole idea from the temple comes from the interpretation of Daniel nine twenty four through twenty seven. I think where it talks about this person who's going to bring an end to sacrifice, uh, and they refer that to that being the antichrist. Um, is that possible? It's possible. But as I say, with whenever we get to talk about prophetic things, you cannot. Um, put in deep footers um, of a foundation with prophetic because it may not be how you think. And it's quite possible what people have interpreted to be the Antichrist in Daniel is actually Christ. Yeah, we could be seeing some back and forth in poetic style there yeah. where we're talking Seems about Seems to me one, that Christ put the end to the He's the one that I believe the that's talking about. So if it is Messiah, if it's the coming Messiah who's going to put an end to sacrifice, that work is complete. And yep. therefore, there's no need for someone else to come and put an end to now, sacrifice. Now, could in a – we talked about this a little bit with uh, you know Hebrew parallelism and dualistic fulfillment. Is it possible that a false fulfillment right. was somebody else confirming a false covenant, and will they do that in some sort? It's possible, uh, but – you know, I've, I've often wondered if God used President Clinton um, as a way to mock our current theology because in 1993 we had a young, charismatic, newly elected president cr- confirm a seven-year peace treaty right. that was going to come to an end in the year 2000 between the Israelis and the Palestinians, and it and you, came to nothing. Yeah, you talk about prophecy teachers panicking right. everywhere. I, I wasn't so. saved back then. I was 23 years old, and I can only imagine what people were doing in the prophetic world. Yeah. Maybe they misunderstood it. So we really don't know. I don't think the Bible's clear on it. Um, and I think it's one of those things you just have to wait and see. But there are people um, that have said that um, that the the Jewish people would accept. There's people out there put, putting out that what we call where the Dome of the Rock is on the Temple Mount today, that the actual temple itself could be in a different location but on top and next to Right. So it's possible, but again, I would just wait and see. Would not be emphatic well, one way or the among, other. Amongst Jews, amongst rabbis or the, the, I don't know, the Sanhedrin or whatever, wouldn't they want to yes. rebuild the temple? And they wanted badly, and they're pushing very yeah. hard. Yeah. And would they not want to start the sacrificial system yes. again? Yeah. The other reason okay. I have a hard time accepting that the world would accept it is is. You know, the people of PETA would lay people an egg freak out. If, if we started offering Be a lot of blood running. Yeah. A lot of blood. People really don't. They read through the sacrifices and go, yep, uh, whole, uh, it looks like a couple of cows and a few birds every day. Now, no, 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 no. Thousands. No, 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 no. Thousands, yeah, thousands of animals. Because you've got every every person who, who's also bringing sacrifices. So you've got thousands and thousands of animals dying daily. And by the way, that is not for food consumption no. or anything else. <laughs> right. That is for uh, a, a ritual, uh, a well, religious some ritual. The, some of the Levites will, get to eat some yeah, of the that. Levites yes, do. yes, they do eat part of that. And they yeah. also gave a portion uh, for taking care of the widows and orphans yeah. as well. So. All right. We had a break. You guys ready to take a break? Yes, sir. Sure. We're going to take a breath, uh, breath and when we come back, how about... Uh, Jesus said that God would not forgive us if we didn't forgive others. Do you think that means anyone and everyone or just brothers in the Lord? This is a good question. It really is. We'll talk about it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, you got a question for the Bible, guys. It's 
You can get in live and talk to them directly, ask them your question. Uh, If not, do like a lot of these folks did and send us emails, and that's to BibleGuys at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R dot com. All right, so when Jesus said that God would not forgive us if we didn't forgive others, do you think that means anyone and everyone or just brothers in the Lord? Good question. It is a good question. Because um, a, there's a big discussion on that. There is a big Matter of fact, we, we, we dove into that discussion immediately after we went to break. Yes. Um, and, and I guess my opinion has to be that God means everyone. Now, I'm going to say right up front that just because I forgive someone does not mean I continue to allow them to do whatever it is. But um, forgiveness, I have been freely given forgiveness. And therefore, I freely give forgiveness. Uh, and I don't care if they're a, a sinner or a saint. Um, I forgive. I do not want that person's blood on my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so I forgive. And we were talking about, and I'll let you tell the story that, that you told, um, but we were talking about, it, it's actually more important, in my opinion, um, and from my perspective, it's more important for me to forgive someone who's not already uh, a brother in Christ because they will see a difference. When you forgive someone who's wronged you, they will see that that is not the way the typical individual behaves, and they might be curious enough to find out what makes you different. Uh, That forgiveness can have eternal consequences, and you were telling a story about it. Yeah, I was watching a show, and it was about this woman that her and her husband uh, came home, and a man was in the process of breaking into their house or had broken into their house, and uh, he— um, beat to death her husband with a hammer and then he got you know arrested and convicted and she ended up going to the prison to visit the man and then brought that man her husband's bible and gave it to him and uh, said that she forgave him for what he did and it ultimately ended up bringing that man to christ so it, you want to talk about a person who has really truly grasped the yeah. concept of forgiveness um, and showing mercy and kindness to someone who was as wicked as wicked could be. Uh, yes, it's to be our brothers. It's to be our neighbors, because even the story of the Good Samaritan, the Samaritan was not considered a neighbor by the common Jewish person in right. that day. So that's why Jesus used the Samaritan in that parable, was to show them, hey, you don't even think the guys are part of your family. They are your neighbor. And by the right. way, right. Um, you guys who were teaching opposite, because he used, he used a priest and a Levite in the parable, He's like, this guy, you don't even consider a brother, and he's the one that stopped and helped. So right. mm-hmm. it's um, it's uh, it's everybody. And this goes right back into our, our Hebraic roots as well. Um, our Hebrew ancestors understood that. I, there are stories, and I, I don't have any specific one in mind, but there are stories of those who, who came out of the concentration camps um, after World War II and went and found those who had tortured them, who had abused them, uh, and and offered forgiveness. There was a woman who came through um, maybe Conway a, a year and a half or, or so ago. She, one of the that generation is just about gone. But yeah. um, there was also, she's the still guy telling also, her story, and that was one of the things she did. She found one of the the guys who had kept her prisoner and went and prayed for him and offered him forgiveness. And and you know it's like, what more powerful thing can you do for another human being in this lifetime? Yep. Yeah. When I was younger. I went and heard this lady speak by the name of Corey Ten Bloom. Mm. Let me tell you what. Powerful, yep. powerful testimony. Yep. All right. She was in the concentration camps. AOC, you don't know what you speak. Yeah. Of. 
All right. Secondly, when I hear people talking about loving our neighbor, here we go, and now we're mm-hmm. going to get into his, Hebraic roots okay. discussion. When I hear people talking about loving our neighbor, they seem to include everybody in that neighbor category. Do you? Do we turn the other cheek to people trying to steal from us or trying to ruin our reputation by slander, etc.? I know uh, these questions are pretty practical, but it's where most of us live. Sure. Yeah. The, um, well, there's kind of two different things there. Love is for everybody, and it's unconditional. Everybody. Absolutely. You Absolutely. love everybody, um, whether they are your enemy, as Jesus taught, or whether they're our brother in Christ or our neighbor. Everybody receives love, but turning the other cheek is a completely different other event. That is dealing within the context of a brother who you have broken fellowship with, and he's basically saying, let him hit you if it's going to bring reconciliation. Yep. And if he hits you and he needs to hit you again, then let him hit you again if it's going to bring reconciliation. What that's not talking about is a guy who is coming after you. Like, we leave here, we go to the parking lot, some guy comes after and just starts wailing on me. I'm not going to keep turning cheeks yep. on him, right? Yep. I'm, going to, I'm going to fight back. That's The context is dealing with a brother, yep. not... And, and and you have to understand that the what that actually is when Scripture talks about being struck on the right and allowing them to strike on the left. Uh, striking someone in the face, you're, you're talking about an open-hand slap. Um, this is not someone starting a fight with me. This is someone who is insulting me. It would be like tossing a shoe at me in the Middle East or calling me a name here in this country, um, you know, some slanderous statement about me. I am – if that's what they need to do, if that's, if that's what needs to happen for them to come to the point where they can get past that, I, I am not going to engage. I'm not going – if someone's sinning against me, I'm not going to lower myself to sin to, to refute and rebut what they are doing. Uh, if they're sinning against me, I'm not going to – you know. Two evils don't make a, uh, or two wrongs don't make a right. Right. So, all right, we got to go to the news. When we back, we're going to talk about Malachi. Just in here, they're showing uh, on the TV Saturn V taking off. Watch that thing slowly rise off the launch pad. It weighs, guys. It weighs six point two million tons. <laughs> wow. Wow. And it was all full of liquid yeah. nitrogen. Yeah. Ready liquid to fuel. Explode. <laughs> hey, you three guys. That's right. <laughs> go sit on top of this. Let's take I the said, biggest Ed, bomb we've ever built and strap some dudes on gonads, top. Big gonads. Big gonads. <laughs> I'm just telling you. All right. Malachi. What is Malachi referring to when he mentions the windows of heaven? Improve me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. Pour you out a blessing, and there shall not be room enough to receive it. You know, I never thought about heaven having windows, but, oh, that revelation just keeps coming. Yeah. yeah, they, right. yeah they, Heaven started off with Windows 95, and then they upgraded the <laughs> yeah. ah, Windows 10. Yeah, Windows 10. So but, we, we have to talk about the agrarian society that right. exists here to understand this properly. Uh, we're dealing with a people um, that lived or died by whether or not crops were good or bad, uh, essentially. Um, so the tithe, and you'll see Jesus make reference to this when he's, when he's yelling at the, I think it's the Pharisees he's yelling at at that point where he says, you know, you, you tithe your mint and your cumin and you, you tithe all these things, but you don't, you don't take into consideration the weightier matters. So what is it they're tithing? Well, they're, they're literally tithing 
the fruit of the land. Um, they're tithing their, their sheep and their goats and whatever it is that they're, they're tithing because they literally live off of the land. That's the things they're tithing. So a year without rain uh, is a pretty desperate measure. So, Steve, what are we talking about here? Yeah, the windows of heaven is simply just rain. Uh, and because that rain coming in and pour on the crops causes a bumper crop, so to speak, and they don't have room for everything that came during that harvest. So it's just a, an idiomatic way to describe the rain falling from heaven. And so. when we talk about, uh, I believe that's the same verse that includes the press down, shaken together. These are literally things that you do with flour. Right. I mean, that's literally how you store flour in mass. You have to shake it down. You have to get the air out of it. You have to pack it down to store more flour into a, a volume. So we're talking about a bumper crop that is so large that the barn you've got right now has to be dealt with, uh, has to be, that, that that grain has to be treated in a in a way that you can get it packed in to get it within your storage. Yep. All right. Tough one for you guys. You ready? I'm sure. Said, did I just hear them say that there's no more sacrifices of any sort forever? No. Because I've been, we've been reading in Zechariah, Isaiah, and Ezekiel recently in a study group at our parish talking about the sacrifices that will be performed when Christ reigns. Yep. They said that they are done forever at the cross. I, this is not what the Bible says. It indicates even the nations will bring sacrifices when Christ reigns as king. How can they say there will be no more sacrifices that the Bible tells us plainly? We will see them again. I think you misunderstood and what we were And it at. doesn't say plainly. I will reiterate again. You cannot be emphatic and dogmatic about future interpretation. Yeah. Well, you do not know that we properly understand that. And I will direct you to several groups um, that believe that all of that was done in a historical context and is never going, that those are past verses that don't deal with the future. So that's why, again, you cannot be emphatic and dogmatic about future interpretation. What we can say said that. <laughs> with emphaticism is that there will not be a blood sacrifice there for the atonement sacrifice. of sins. Yes, that one is done and paid. Yes. Will people do what Billy was just referring about about Malachi, which is people during the millennial reign who will bring in grains and grapes and olives and those offerings? Am I not making a offerings? sacrifice every Sunday Correct. for my paycheck of 10%? Correct. Absolutely. Correct. So it depends on that context, but there will not be sacrifices for sin. And and the people who are um, maybe even in that study, uh, again, <laughs> Ezekiel 40 through 47 or people is what people refer to as Ezekiel's temple, and it could be part of what the study is about. Uh, I don't think it's future, but that's for another time. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> well, now you, you dropped And by the way, on. he's not laughing at you, all no. right? Right, correct. I'm laughing because um, because that's just one of those things that people put in an, an emphatic future context, and I just don't think that's the case. Right. And you, you dropped that bomb. You believe that that is a missed opportunity, essentially. Correct. correct. I believe that because when, when um, God says to Ezekiel, he says, Son of man, go take <clears throat> these dimensions to Israel, uh, and if they will hear, then I will give them this temple. And I believe what he was doing was offering them. God was showing mercy to the children of Israel in Babylon. They were going to be there for 70 years. And I believe that this is like, I believe it's approximately 25 years into the captivity in which God is showing mercy, basically saying the 70 years don't even have to come to fullness. If you repent, I'll take you back and give you this temple. And he says, son of man, meaning 
Ezekiel, go present this to them. Right. This is not a uh, an allusion to a spiritual showing uh, to the children of Israel two thousand years later. That's that's not what they, he's he's literally talking to Ezekiel to go literally talk to the children of Israel in Babylon. All right, we got to get a break in here, and we'll we'll take it here shortly. Again, want to remind you that as you're looking at your Bible, you have to understand it's written from a Hebraic <laughs> viewpoint. Jesus was a Jew. We've talked about that a lot of times on this show and at other times just on my show. And he didn't come, at least I don't believe, nor do I think the Bible uh, believes, that to start a new religion. Correct. All right. He came to finish and complete Jewishness. Right. I guess that's the best of Judeo belief. I have often said that the primary problem with with the modern church is that if Jesus himself walked in the back door, they would want him to change his shoes, get those sandals off, get on some real shoes, put on a suit, get rid of that nasty attire, shave his beard off, cut his hair, and get baptized in his name to repent from the religion that he's in. That, that's the primary problem Pretty with modern-day religion. Right. Um, a lot of church. Yep. So let's take a, a break here, and that's why you should be I, – I highly recommend that you go uh, to the school that uh, Steve was talking about. You don't have to go to get a degree. You can go just to get the information. Yep. You can learn. You can you can study yourself and and make yourself approved. That's as right. Timothy would have said. That's right. Uh, or Paul would have said to Timothy. He's saying the same thing to you. Uh, tell them how they they do that, Steve. You just log on to the American Institute dot org. Uh, then you can. There's a tab there where you can click on uh, to become a student. And as um, uh, um, Dave was saying. You don't even have to, if you don't want to write papers and take tests, you just want the information. You can audit the classes, and they're only $50. And you're, what are you paying for? Basically, four bucks a class. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a wealth of information in there, and it will help you understand your Bible in a different light. All right. So we got to take a break here. It's time for a break. When we come back, we're going to answer a question, nothing, nothing wrong with this, that we've been asked before. And we want to help you, and it goes all the way back to Genesis 6-4. Stick with us. You guys, were, were there other people as smart as Jesus? Hmm. We're going to talk about that when we return here on the Bible Guys on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Uh, <clears throat> question. We've answered this before, but it's well worth taking the time to talk again about it. In Genesis, it speaks about the sons of God, mm-hmm. which lends me to think that there were others with similar power as Jesus. Who or what are these other sons of God mentioned in Genesis six four? All right, I'm going to let I'm going to let Steve take what the yeah well you know I, I will tell you now that Steve and I still have some disagreement over this um, not significant disagreements but that's one of the great things about walking the way we walk is that we can disagree and still be very close brothers what i will deal with is the portion of that says others who had power like jesus uh no one right anywhere has power like jesus yeah. um he's the son of god he right. is he is god the only in the flesh. begotten son it says um and according to john it was the voice of messiah um 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through him all things are created. It was the voice of Messiah that created everything you see. And no angel and no demon possesses that power, period. So having said that, having having stepped on that portion, I will toss the sons of God to you. There are two different views of this, um, and depending on who you ask, because... Um, what they do is they take where Jesus says in the last days it'll be like the days of Noah, and they try to make an inferment that um, these sons of God are going to make a manifestation. We're going to see these, um, you know, ten, twelve foot giants walking the earth again. Um, of course, I would tell you that there's other references that refer to them to being about four hundred feet. That's why I don't mm-hmm. believe that they were literal giants. That this was. Um, language to use to describe the spiritual descendants of God. Um, but again, it's not that important to fight about or to divide over, but it's it's not um, what it can do. And here's why sometimes I think it is important to have a proper understanding, because it will lead into this belief that if you believe that these were a whole group of other sons of God that are out creating other universes and other worlds, uh, then that's the danger of not understanding uh, that this very well could have been just the descendants of um, Seth. And the reason I say that is in the daughters of men are just simply the daughters of Cain, those who are of the world versus those who are of the spirit. Um, and we have a reference for that in the book of Romans, actually, um, where um, Paul's saying to the Romans that the earth groans for the children or for the sons of God to take their rightful place. And he's talking about us. He's talking about right. the Christians. He's right. talking about the believers. And he refers to us as, as B'nai Elohim, the sons of God. So we have evidence that it is a spiritual reference term. Um, and the word that's used to describe giants there does not mean tall in stature. It just means tall in name. Just like we would say the stars of Hollywood. You know, they're just big in stature, not physically. They're not actual stars. Right. They're not actual stars. They're not um, actually giants in their field, you know, someone who's brilliant. That's basically what that means in my interpretation. But yet there are people who believe that they were literal giants, that literal angels came down and had literal sex with literal women and created these half-breed people. I just I don't see that there. Um, but, again, you can have both both views, and we don't divide over it. So you explain as clearly as, as you can. Why is the term sons of God used? Because that's easily misconstrued as the son of God, too. So sons of God often, mm-hmm. um, and it's the reason when Jesus refers to himself as the son of man, everybody freaks out, because we have that concept upside down. We think son of God is something really special, and in the case of, uh, of Yeshua, of Jesus, it is something special. But all of the descendants of Abraham, all of the descendants of Israel, are called sons of God because they are the spiritual inheritance of God. Um, so it, it, this is so not a term. we can look at ourselves as a son we are, of God. We are sons That's of God. exactly what I was quoting yeah. in Romans 8. We, okay. are, we are referred to three or four times in there, I believe, as it says, uh, 819, it says, For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Talking about us becoming who we're supposed right. to be. All right. And that's why we can say to God, Abba, Our Father. Father. That's right. right. Absolutely. Daddy, yep. Daddy, basically. Right. right. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yep. Okay. Are we going to do a follow-up? Okay. No, I'm not, I don't want to get it into the weeds. I'm okay. going to forward it to you. Okay. And because this is, I can see there's going to be 
more questions come back to mm-hmm. you. Sure. The per- person who asked about the sacrifices that Steve answered came back and had more questions. Uh, for that reason, uh, I'm forwarding the email to him, and he will uh, start up a conversation with that person mm-hmm. and, uh, and answer it, hopefully, to the fruition of both. Sure. Yeah, that is that is not something we can cover in seven or eight minutes and certainly no, probably not something we not. cover in an hour so right. we will take that offline yeah and i would lose all my other listeners <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying if you get too far in the weeds correct uh it, you know people will say well why does this matter anyway what's sure. the application to our day that's correct right. it goes back to what the gentleman said earlier today that's right and the questions that he was asking when he made uh genealogies yeah. What's the application? Yeah, what mm-hmm. he, he made this statement. He says, hey, look, I know these are pretty practical questions, but this is where most of us live. Right. Yep. And I understand what he's saying. It is. Yeah. And that's and you want to talk about talking about Hebraic things. Um, I think Pastor Scott has said it on the show before, and that is the rabbis do not sit around and say, what do you believe about this scripture? They say, how do you do this scripture? And yeah, that's yeah, where that's the, really good. Where the rubber meets the road is how do I turn the other cheek? How do I show love to somebody Are who will receive it? it? Right, right. And, and Steve and Scott and I enjoy sitting around talking about uh, the intellectual aspects of the scripture. But if the intellectual never affects your walk, right. if you are not changed, then you are a you are a student of the Word of God. You are not a disciple of God. It has to affect your walk. If it does not affect your life. Um, you're wasting your time. What's, your, what's the difference between a person like that and a Pharisee? Right. Right. I mean, they weren't worried about living out their faith. They just... Superficially, they yeah, were. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know? And that's why, you know, Jesus came and Put the said, hey, on wake up. Yeah. yeah. Wake no up about here. It. You know? I, we've been studying parables at uh, New Life in Cabot, and I love... What Jesus said about, you know, I'm going to come and, and teach you about things that are about the, have been not known since the foundations mm-hmm. of the world by mm-hmm. using parables. Yep. You know, he taught in a way that was revolution and still is revolutionary yeah, yeah. when you think about it. Yep. Pretty, pretty cool. Some of the things we were on the fig tree on the, this last weekend about the great question in that is the. He walked up to a fig tree, and it wasn't the time for figs to be made, and it was like uh, he cursed the tree. Well, why yeah. would you curse a tree when it wasn't supposed to be producing it anyway? Because it was leafed. If That's it's right. leafed, it's supposed to be supposed producing right. figs. It gave the appearance that it had fruit That's when right. it had none. That's there right. It's a great it's a great story. It's yep. a great parable, really, so, really, really. So is. Does, is there a life impact for appearing to have fruit when you don't, Steve? I think so. Oh, okay. Um, just saying so it's not all about just what you do in public but maybe to warm up here maybe maybe it involves some of my uh, motives and whether or not i'm I'm doing things in the right spirit as well as what i'm accomplishing with my works well that's revolutionary isn't it yes and um and i will also tell you that you cannot always see the motives of other people's hearts either absolutely hard to see your own sometimes yeah it is (laughs) I mean, I, I question myself about that at times. Yeah. You know, why do you want to do, Dave, really, why do you want to do this? Yeah. You know, that's, I think it's good to do it that way. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think you have you to. could be doing it out of pride. You could be doing it because you're seeking the favor <clears throat> of men. There's all kinds of reasons why yeah. you might do something. You better be making sure that the reason you're doing something is pure. Yeah. And that's one of those self-searching things I do when it comes to ministry. Uh, anytime I'm given an opportunity to go and preach or to come teach somewhere or speak somewhere, I really have to search myself um, because of all the things we're warned about, uh, being fast to, to teach, being fast to step behind a pulpit, that's very, very dangerous. Until you're going to be judged um, by what right. you teach out of that pulpit. Very dangerous. If, so I, I always try to check a, myself. There's more a lot so of, than anybody else. There's a lot of preachers that need to reread. I believe it's in the book of Timothy where it says, do not seek the position of a teacher because you right. will receive a more strict judgment. And there's a lot of people that just run up and teach and preach without realizing the effects that you're going to have to all of those people who hear who may go home and tell their spouse or their children or their friends. And if you're teaching something that is completely wrong or you're, as Billy's saying, you don't look at yourself and you don't live it out and walk it out, then you're setting yourself up for a whooping. I remind you what my grandfather said. It's, you know, it's the thing that I remember most that he ever said to me, except do you, how you enjoy in life on his dying bed. And that's when he looked at me and I talked to him about being a preacher. And he said, Davey, so I wasn't Dave because my dad was Dave. I was Davey. And he said, Davey, woe to the man who's called but to preach and doesn't. But double woe to the man who tries to preach and was never called. Yeah. 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 So those, you think about that yeah. and just share that with you. That's some heavy stuff to lay on a 10-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because you. they're jumping up with pride because they want to be seen, they want to be heard, and God never spoke that to their heart. I saw yeah. that <clears throat> when I was in seminary. Guys that I'd be sitting down having lunch with and said, well, where do you see yourself in 10 or 15 years? And I said, you know, country church or something like that? Oh, no. God's going to give me a big church. Yeah. Big church. And I said, well, what if he calls you to China? Oh, he'd never do that. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Guess who's going to China? You better sit down and think <laughs> about that real hard, man. Yeah. Real hard. Yeah. Guys, thanks for coming. It's always yes, a pleasure. Too. I love this one of my favorite hours of the week. It really, really is, and it always goes so fast. You got questions for these guys? It's uh, the Bible guys at SalemLR.com and to our uh, questionnaire about uh, you know the sacrifices steve will be in contact talk to you next week guys all right we'll take See a break you. have a nice evening three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.